0: We've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card. It is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions... And current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa. Kasangane they did save Patricia Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yol Romero, um, Tiago Santos, whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February twenty-fourth, live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view and a Zone. That's ESPN Plus pay-per-view or the Zone. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with. Uh, Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life On this Monday, January 10th, 2022 Hello again everyone Hope you're doing well Hope you had a lovely weekend Hope you're safe and sound Hope you're healthy Hope you're warm It is cold here it is really cold. I say this every year, if I never see the snow again, if I never feel any sort of cold air, if I never see sleet, ice, slush, none of it, I'll be a very happy man. I'm done with it. Almost 40, grew up in Canada, lived on the Northeast, in the Northeast my entire life. I'm done with it, but it is very cold. When skiing on Saturday. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've turned into quite the skier these days. Never skied in my life up until last year. But, you know, I'm up there and people are like, whoa, is that Bodie Miller? And I was like, no, it's Ariel Hawani. It's weird. It's weird that people say that and make that comparison. But I'm just a guy trying to go skiing with his family. Nevertheless, another quiet weekend in MMA. But it ends now, my friends, because UFC is back on, uh, on Saturday. Unfortunately, they made a very big mistake. They... Scheduled the event. Calvin Cater, Giga Chikaze, a very important fight at 145 at the same time as the Bills Patriots wild card, super wild card playoff game. So, this is going to be tough for me. Uh, I will be probably a nervous wreck, but we will we will get through it together and hopefully we'll be very happy by the time Saturday night is over. We shall talk, of course, about that fight throughout the week. A lot to get to on today's program. A very fun show. Another eclectic mix of personalities and guests. So I'm very excited about today's lineup. I'll tell you about the lineup in a moment. But as always, as you know, uh, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings. Big week for the DraftKings of the world. You can now uh, partake in uh, such activities, I'm told, here in the great state of New York. How about that? Empire State. So shout out to everyone involved. And uh, we like our good friends over at DraftKings very much. We appreciate them. We appreciate their support, and we urge you to support them as well. Uh, as you know, DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, not only the National Football League, but this very show, the Mixed Martial Arts Hour. So please do download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code the MMA Hour for a special offer when you sign up again. That's code the MMA Hour. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, please support them because they support us. Now uh, later. In the program, we're going to be joined by New York Rick, as always, Rick's Picks. Always a fun time. It's Monday afternoon, so you know he stops by. Um, Prior to that, at around 3 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Mark Hunt. Yes, the KFC King, one of those classic guests in the history of this program. It's been a while since I spoke to Mark Hunt. Um, I might have been working at another place that kind of precluded me from these types of interviews, but no more, my friends. Uncensored, unfiltered, Hiwani is here. And so we can have these conversations, these important conversations. I'm glad we're having them with the likes of Mark Hunt. Uh, he'll be joining us. He's been in the news as of late. A legend of the game, the KFC King. Some of our conversations have been uh, some of my favorites over the years. And, you know, one of those guys where people would be like, oh, man, Mark Hunt, he doesn't give you a lot. He doesn't say a lot. No, I love these conversations, and I miss talking to Mark Hunt. And also one of those guys who, you know, I hold near and dear to my heart because uh, he wakes up super early without batting an eye. Uh, he You know, he he's going to be on at 7 a.m. in Sydney. So uh, I appreciate, Mark, the legend that he is. What a great story. You know, he was on that losing streak. He was in Pride. And uh, the UFC just wanted to buy him out after they bought Pride. They inherited several contracts. And he was like, nah, man, I want to fight. I want to fight for you guys. I'm like, nah, 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 we'll, we'll pay you. We'll pay you to not fight, to say, to just like, Sit it out, chill. And he's like, nah, 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 I wanna fight. And so they gave him a fight um, at UFC 119, and he got submitted by Sean McCorkle, big sexy. And that was very embarrassing for him, because if you lose to Sean McCorkle, it's very embarrassing. And then uh, he was pretty much like, you know, he was pretty much told, all right, you gotta win the next one. And it's UFC 127, it's Chris Tusher at the Acer Arena in Sydney. I was there one of my favorite fight weeks ever. And uh, it was a Sunday morning show because they were catering to the audience here in America Saturday night. And the pop that he received when he defeated Chris Tusher was just gigantic. I mean, it was one of the loudest pops I'd ever heard. So anyway, and then he went on that run and was like very close to actually fighting for a belt at one point. So he proved them wrong. Anyway, we'll talk to Mark Hunt about that. Uh, Not about that in particular, but everything going on in his life. 2.30, we'll talk to Michael Chandler who's uh, obviously a big-time favorite in the sport of MMA right now. See where he's at. A couple months removed now from the fight against Gaethje, our fight of the year. So I'm sure he's very excited about that and a hell of a lot more. Two o'clock, we'll talk to Bongamin. You may have heard of Cyril Gann. He's headlining the pay-per-view next Saturday against Francis Ngannou at the Pond, Le Pond, in Anaheim. We'll talk to him about that. He's already in uh, California, so we'll check in with the Frenchman, the French prince, if you will. one we we'll talk to Mark Goddard, who's one of the all-time best referees in MMA history, currently one of the best as well. A lot to talk to Mark Goddard about. I love these conversations. And sometimes, you know, when there's a break in the action, we're able to have these conversations that aren't so much tied to, like, what's going on right now or Saturday's event or the upcoming event. I I like to have these broader conversations. Um, Matter of moments, actually, we're going to check in with GC, who's actually in Indianapolis, for the national championship in something called college football. We'll check in with him in just a few minutes' time, but wanted to bring you guys up to speed on some news and notes, some things that have been going on in the world of MMA since we last spoke. I mean, almost literally, as we said goodbye on Wednesday, a bunch of news broke, some mature, some premature, that a couple of title fights were going to be added to the uh, March 5th pay-per-view. That's UFC 272. And the two title fights that were first reported by ESPN were Max Holloway versus Alex Volkanovsky and Pierre Arrian versus Aljamain Sterling. Of course, the trilogy, the rematch, two highly anticipated uh, matchups. Um, alas, the first one that I mentioned, the former Holloway-Volkanovsky 3, volkanovsky Holloway 3, uh, is not to be because uh, we found out shortly thereafter that Holloway uh, re aggravated an injury. Uh, he's going to be out perhaps up to six months. It's still unclear. They're going to reevaluate him in a month or so, but they didn't want to keep Volkanovsky on the sidelines. Volkanovsky, by the way, hadn't agreed just yet to even that March 5th date. So it was all very strange. And then on what was it, Friday, there was just like a bevy of featherweights raising their hands from the likes of Giga Chikadze, from the likes of Josh Emmett, Yair Rodriguez, Korean Zombie, Henry Cejudo. I mean, anyone who's in that top five or six said, hey, pick me, I'll step in. Now, I threw out the name Korean Zombie, not necessarily because I was advocating for the Korean Zombie. It's because I knew that they were going in the direction of the Korean Zombie. So why would I advocate for someone who's not going to be in consideration. Volkanovski wanted it. Zombie wanted it. The UFC was interested in it. Volkanovski really wanted it. In fact, if you go back into the archives, they've been going back and forth for like two years. I remember back at the ESPN days, I had him on with Jay Park, the legend that is Jay Park. He was talking about Volkanovski. Volkanovski responded. They were going back and forth on social media. This is a fight that Volkanovski has obviously wanted, and it's a fight that Korean Zombie obviously wants because Volkanovski is a champion. Um, Got word late last night, that it looks like that's going to be the fight. And by the way, for the record, I actually like the idea of Cejudo versus Volkanovski. I actually think it's like, if there was ever a time to make that fight, it would be now. Holloway's out of the picture. There isn't a clear-cut number one, like, you know, Zombie's a name, but he's not on this long winning streak. I actually don't mind it. It just seems to me like they felt so burnt by his sudden retirement after the win over Dominic Cruz in Jacksonville that they're not even sniffing in his direction, which is a little surprising, uh, but I actually don't hate the idea of Suhudo versus Volkanovski. I mean, like, look, if the guy wants to try to make history, now's the time to try to make it happen. There isn't a long queue in back of Holloway where a ton of guys would be upset. I think that Calvin Cater, if he's a you know bulletin board material type of guy, should be pretty pissed off on this Monday. I feel like he's been disrespected. If Giga wins, I think that he can make a strong case, but you got to win. And so I think that the talk that Giga should be next has been a little bit disrespectful towards Calvin because they're fighting on Saturday. Like on Saturday night slash Sunday, if you win, then make the stink. But now it seems a little bit weird. Let me be clear, because I know Giga is a sweetheart of a guy. He wasn't the one tweeting at me this weekend. I ain't holding grudges. We all know what that's about. Nonsense. We don't have to pay attention to any of it. Giga, if he wins on Saturday, should be in line for that discussion, at least, right? He he has as much of a case as anyone in that division, including Korean Zombie. But to talk about it now and to pretend like that fight isn't happening against a very tough-in-game Calvin Cater seems incredibly disrespectful, in my opinion. In any event, it seems like they're going in the direction of uh, the Korean Zombie. And what's also interesting about it, found out last night, it looks like they're going to move that pay-per-view doubleheader, if you will, that co-headliner, uh, to the pay-per-view in April. And so it seems, as of right this moment, that they'll do zombie Volkanovsky, Volkanovsky zombie, Jan Sterling, Sterling 2. Um, on that April 9th date. It has been reported that that date is uh, in Brooklyn. I wouldn't put that in stone just yet for multiple reasons. We also know about Sterling's issues of getting sanctioned to fight in New York, um, that's what led to me to ask that question. So a lot of moving parts right now, and they're not getting rid, by the way, of the March 5th pay-per-view. I'm told as of right now, they might be putting a big non-title fight as the headliner. Let's see if anything on there. No. As the headliner for uh, that card. So a lot of interesting things going on at the moment. Uh, that card, what day is that card on? 305? how do we know that? Those numbers, 305, oh, 30. Oh, it sounds familiar, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Anyway, all developing, all very fluid, all very interesting. Also, by the way, on that April 9th pay-per-view, there's been talk of Hamza Chemaia versus Gilbert Burns, uh, and that would be a big time. I mean, shout out to Gilbert Burns, who uh, is taking a fight against a guy who a lot of people don't want to fight. Obviously, I'd been saying that Neil Magny would make a lot of sense. Gilbert Burns makes even more sense. That's a much bigger fight and a way whoops more interesting fight, if only because Gilbert Burns is a higher-ranked guy with a great uh, background on the ground. We'll see if, uh, you know, does this fight stay standing? And uh, Hamzat's power has been impressive and Gilbert has improved a lot as a striker. So a lot of interesting things going on in the world of, uh, mixed martial arts, uh, Pat Downey signing a, a highly decorated, um, collegiate athlete who, uh, is very controversial to say the least. If you're a uh, fan of collegiate wrestling, you know who Pat Downey is. He has signed with, uh, with Bellator. And also this morning, I reported that Tofik Musayev, the former Ryzen tournament champion who defeated Patrikhi Pipple in the finale, who at one point had won 14 in a row. Um, he is from Azerbaijan, has left Ryzen and has signed with Bellator. He'll fight at 155, a rematch against the current 155 pound champion in Bellator. Patrikhi Pipple would obviously make a lot of sense, a rematch, if you will, um, under their banner. So... Lot going on, my friends, and I'm hearing about some other things going on right now, but I can't tell you about them at the moment. Isn't that enough off the bat? I think it's enough off the bat. All right. Um, so stay tuned for all of that. We'll see if things break as uh as uh you know the show progresses. And remember, keep it locked here. We don't try to be first, we just try to be right here at the MMA Hour, okay? Peace and love. Peace and love. Now, uh, our good friend GC is over in Indianapolis for some strange reason, and I thought, hey, let's start the show with him because, let's be honest, he's got a lot of things to do over there. He's very busy. He's in Patrick McAfee country. And so without further ado, my friends, let us say hello to GC. Wow. He didn't show up. He didn't show up to work. Instead, he decided to go support something called college football. <laughs> that is incredible. Wow. How do you guys keep pulling this off? How are you doing this right now?
1: Look at oh. this. It looks like I'm
0: in New York. Isn't
1: this incredible? This is
0: actually... Oh, I know what you did. I know what you did. You you took a picture, and this is your Zoom background, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> You're starting to pick up. We got you with the Chronicles. We couldn't get you with the Zoom background. Man. I must say,
0: though, th- this is actually really well done. Wow. Respect. Uh um, okay
1: you,
0: you guys uh, – oh, Tucker, you're the man. Thank you for this. You guys really got me with the uh, – I mean, I, it's like I found out that everything was fake. Pro wrestling was fake. Santa Claus was fake. The Easter Bunny was fake. I mean, you didn't really cook them. It wasn't even your air fr- – I mean, everything. Everything. The,
1: the crunch. I cooked them on just yeah, – yeah, I cooked them on just microwave them. Yeah, you now, were, you were thinking about buying an yes. air fryer Mitch before we ruined everything for you.
0: Just off of the crunches alone, I was th- like, I was like, is, if anything is ever going to be that crunchy, I need to be a part of it. I need to actually partake in this. So, well done. We really
1: need to get a sponsorship then because we're selling it well.
0: Yeah, no, you killed it. So you're in Indianapolis.
1: Uh, you you landed safely, I presume. Yep, landed safely this morning. Checked into the hotel. Uh, got the whole fighter treatment here on the MMA hour. I got to talk to Joe. You know, I get to see what they see when they when they log to the Zoom. It's a how whole did, how different does it feel? atmosphere. It's a little, you know, it makes me a little anxious, you know, the the internet started cutting out a little bit, you know, you're kind of waiting on pins and needles to get called in, yep, so yep, uh, yep. I, I gain more respect for the fighters that join, uh, you know, every show. I told them to call you early and then to tag you in
0: late, just to, you know, build up the suspense.
1: Really let it simmer on, yeah. on sitting there. I saw the whole first 10 minutes, so I'm all caught up on all the news. A lot of news, of a lot of news,
0: and perhaps some of this news will tie in to what we're doing today, because of course, uh, no... Uh, no event this past weekend of note, uh, but uh, it is the beginning of the year, so it seemed like a good time to, as they say in the betting world, uh, place a couple of futures. Is it called futures?
1: Exactly that. Yeah, place a couple futures. I think that's exactly what I said when I placed them. Wow.
0: By the way, uh, uh, congratulations to you and everyone living in New York State. You can now partake in DraftKings in New yes, York State. Yes. How about that? Uh,
1: yeah. Saturday which, at nine a.m.
0: Did you did you place a bet?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually placed a couple of these futures on DraftKings. Oh, okay, very smart. Um,
0: which actually got me thinking how you've been placing the bets uh, prior to all of this, but I guess we don't have to get into all of that.
1: Hey, we don't have to get into that. I got a man down in the swamps in New Jersey that helps, man. <laughs> all
0: right. All right. So what do you got? What do you got? What are your futures? So for those that don't know, futures are
1: what? So essentially it's, you know, like if you were betting football or basketball, it's it's to win the title or to win a conference or or to do something like that. It's something that is going to take a while to pay off. And it's the name future. It's something that's going to happen in the future for this. All of these are prompted to be the champion at the end of 2022. So when December 31st, 2022 holds around, comes around, you've got gold around your waist. You are the champion at that time. So uh, I will preface it with this. I didn't take any current champions. A lot of them are negative odds. All of these are plus money plays. Um, I took one current champion and that's only because of the odds that they got. So, you know, I'm not taking any like Piotr Yan at minus 170 because at that point you could just bet him on every time he fought and you would make more than minus 170. So, right. uh, yeah, okay. I can kick it off here. Let's I got, go, I got a go. few plays. What do you one? got? What do you got? All right, we'll start with the women's straw weight. I actually have three in this one, not putting you know, the same on each, but we'll start Rose Rosnami Yunus. This one is based solely based off the odds at plus 275. She is the current champion. She holds the belt right now. She'll probably fight as, far as the next. Uh, yeah, I know she lost to her seven years ago, but she's 4 0 in rematches in her career. So say she does that April, May, June, somewhere around that time, at most, we're probably going to get one more fight for her. Uh, she hasn't fought twice in a year since more than twice in a year since 2014. So. I figure if she can beat Carla there's a good chance that she's probably going to be able to hold the belt to the end of 2022 and at plus 275 to see Rose either go 2 and 0 or 1 and 0. Uh I like the odds at that one. Yeah. Um sticking in straw weight. I like the graphics go with too by the way. Shout out. I appreciate that. That was uh, that was a lot of hard work on on my end. Uh sticking in straw weight, Marina Rodriguez at plus 650 and the kind of odds play I'll go, you know, a little bit on that. She's on a 3-fight win streak. Carla next, but I think if she beats uh, Yan Xiaonan in March, I think she'll be up next for the title. If she does get a title shot, which I think she will be able to in a fight that I think she's going to win, she's definitely not going to be plus six fifty. So I think it's worth. Wait, it's- so you're picking two people? I'm actually picking three in this division. What?
0: Well, that means you're hedging.
1: Uh, not really hedging. It's just the odds, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm betting a certain amount because of the odds, like plus 275, and I'm betting less on plus 650. And then the third person I'm betting on, I'm putting 0.05 units on, because it's really just more of wow. wishful thinking for the hell of it. Uh, Joanna Young, Jacek at plus 3,500. Um, she would obviously have to fight to get this one, but say she does fight Jean. If she wins that, do you think she's going to get a title shot?
0: It depends on who's the champion. You know, If, if Rose is still the champion, probably yeah, not. But If it's Rose, I'm
1: okay with that. Yeah. If it's Rose, I'm okay with that since I have the
0: Rose But right. See, I guess I am hedging. I yeah, I mean, this, this does. I mean, I guess I, I'd say my understanding was you're picking like one champion, but uh, it seems like you're picking three uh, in one weight class here. So you could. Uh, that's that's
1: the most in any one weight class. Okay. The rest, the rest are mostly ones. There's a couple twos in that. All right. Uh, up next, women's bantamweight Valentina Shevchenko plus eight hundred. This is solely to wow. put my money where my mouth is on like my bold prediction from the award show. I like it a lot. Yeah I, really don't yeah, I don't have anything else for you there. Uh, we
0: could just let the Slack people quiet down over there if possible.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a uh, New York critic telling me that uh, you kick rock for my future so that I can put in whatever I want. So wow. he does make a valid point. Wow. He does make a valid point. I mean, it's just like, fun. what's the point? I mean, hey,
0: hey, I'd like to predict that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, but also I'd like to also say that the Chiefs and the Bucks and the Packers are also going to win as well. Like, well, what's the prediction?
1: That would be like saying, all right, I'm taking Rose, I'm taking Carla, and I'm taking whoever is immediately after Carla. Like, it's like you're talking about three favorites. Like, say you took the Bills, the Colts, and like someone else that's a long shot. It's, you know, there's levels to it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. By the way, are you uh, tailgating today? What do we do out there? Uh, I think I'm going to go down into Indy. You said it, Pat McAfee country. I'll go down into the. Uh, no, but are you going to tailgate?
0: City? Are you going to like have sausage? What do you, what do you eat down there?
1: Nah, I think I'm just gonna go to a restaurant, a bar, what? or something like that. Move the, the game. You're not gonna tailgate. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not in my, I'm not in Athens. Like, I'm not in a normal place. Yeah, but then all the is, fans aren't congregating. Yeah, they'll congregate like at restaurants and bars. It's, I don't. That's, not wow. many people drove here. Everyone, everyone flew. Wow, this is just wow. I'm I mean, coming in here. I'm, like, I'm having a great day, <laughs> and then I
0: come here and I just get. Oh, well, I want to. I want to listen. I'm gonna watch tonight only in support of you. I never watch. I hate college football as you know. I will watch, I, I will root uh Nick Saban, you know, like what what does he need to win again for, you know? But uh, I was th- I wanted to live vicariously through you. I wanted to get the whole experience. I wanted the sausage, the bratwurst, the sauerkraut, you know, and we're not getting any of that. It's we're it's getting a bar day, right. or What or are, we, we, are we, we going to? Houston? Are we going to TGI Fridays? What are we doing over there? Like uh what's what is it? Saint Elmo's? That's the big restaurant here in Indianapolis. If I'm being honest, the whole Indianapolis thing is a little
1: underwhelming. Like, I, you should be at the Rose Bowl or ATT Stadium, something like that. I, mean, I wish we were there, but we are in Indianapolis, <laughs> and we're gonna make the most of it. When you land, there's there's it was all national championship stuff. You get your picture with the logo. They have a liaison just taking your picture, welcoming you to Indianapolis. It's they're making a whole show of it. It's great. Okay. Okay. Anyway, please continue. All right, men's flyweight. Yeah, another one that I have uh, two Ooh. two picks in. Yeah. Uh, Askar Askarov at plus 450. Um, I think we have the potential to get three flyweight title fights in 2022 since this next one is happening in January. If Askarov, if he beats Kaikara France in March, I just I think you you give him the title fight. He's undefeated. Second ranked strawweight. One draw was to Brandon Moreno. He's beaten Pandosia. I, I think if he beats Kaikara France, he's he's next in line for a shot which leads me to the second guy I took in the flyweight. And this was actually before they were scheduled to fight, but I took Kai Kara France at plus 1600. He's just my guy. If he does beat Askar Askarov, I mean, he's in a title elimination situation. He could potentially fight for the belt, but at plus 1600, I throw a little sprinkle on my guy. I'm, next I'm okay time, next
0: time Kai Kara France is on the show, I'd like the lower third to read GC's guy. GC's guy. I mean, <laughs> as soon
1: as he knocked out Cody Garbrandt, I was like, this is my guy. What? What's your I mean, beef with Cody Garbrandt? I don't have a beef with Cody Garbrandt, but uh, I took Kyker and an underdog, right? Right, that's right. And I was hot that night, and like it was, to, it was to remain perfect. This was obviously before Nunes, it was to remain perfect on the night. So I thought it was the show keep solidarity up. since he won't come on the show. There you go. That's the big brain way to think of it. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, all right, let's let's keep it moving. Okay. Lightweight. I'm going to take Islam Makhachev at plus two forty. Oh. This is actually my biggest bet. Yep. I mean, he's super active. We saw him fight three times in 2021, nine-fight win streak. I think if he beats Benil, uh, Darius, he's the number three lightweight in February. I mean, I, th- I think he's I think he's going... You have to give him a title shot at that point. He's going to be a huge favorite in that one. Like, Poirier got his shot. Gaethje's probably about to get his shot. Michael Chandler already had his shot. Like I just think if he beats Darius, which he's going to be a big favorite, and he's destined to get a title shot at that point, and he's not going to be plus 240 in the title fight. So... I'm actually surprised it's plus 240 and not... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think actually he's moved to plus 200 since I took him. But uh, I mean, I guess really the only concern is obviously if he loses the dairy, he's out. Or, you know, we only get one lightweight title fight of like Gage here, or, or maybe some like weird thing happens and McGregor jumps in. I don't know. But, but I feel good that he's going to get a title shot. That's, that's the key with all these is that they can just get a title shot. And then you have much better odds than what they would be going for in the fight. I like this one. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest bet. I put one and a half units on that one. Everyone else is is a little bit smaller. Uh, we'll keep it rolling. Welterweight. I'm going with Hamza Shemaev, plus 550. Plus 550? Um, uh-huh. Wow. Plus 550. I mean, he's got to get through. He's got to get the title shot. You got to remember, like, he might be yeah. a champion at some point, but this has to be by the end of 2022. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, the hype train's rolling, and I want to be on board of it. Uh, I mean, if we could just get him a fight booked, I would feel a whole lot better. Like, if, if Gilbert Burns or, like, a Colby Covington, if that actually came through, like... I know people are talking about potentially Gilbert Burns in, in Brooklyn. Like, I would feel much better about it because that means they're serious about moving him towards a title. Obviously, the biggest hurdle here, Kamaru Usman, or not being able to get a title shot in 2022. But if those happen, this would be a really uh, a really fun bet to watch cash. So, I'm yeah. touching my world to wait at the end of 2022.
0: Not the craziest. I mean, big Gilbert Burns fight in the works. Beats him. Yeah, plus five. Yeah. I mean, if he was...
1: I mean, if, if he's in Brooklyn too, I'm going to have to go. He's coming to my well, city.
0: Apparently, you weren't listening to that first block. I said, don't put it in stone.
1: Oh, well, I didn't say it was in stone, but yeah, <laughs> I, I may have some All right. Light heavyweight. We got, we got a couple more here to go through. Light heavyweight. Oh. Yuri, Yuri Prohaska. This is another one, the odds. Plus 275 on this one. I mean, I was kind of surprised by yeah. him being at plus 275. He's going to be next for the title shot. Yeah. Uh, fighting Glover. And then if he wins that one. At most, he's only going to have to win one more time. I mean, maybe two more times. You know, he he can be kind of active. Probably get the winner of Rocket Church Yan, um, which will probably be a slight favorite in that one as well. So plus two seventy five for Uri. Uh, I really like the odds on this one at almost three to one. So I think it's a better taking. One. Very good. A uh, little good. bit, little bit of a long shot in the light heavyweight, Magomed Ankalaev. I took him at plus a thousand. Interesting. Uh, just threw a little sprinkle on him. Like I want it to happen, but it might be similar to that Hamza thing where he just runs out of time in twenty twenty two. Uh, I mean wilder things have happened for him to get a title shot, but it's probably gonna be or on next. Uh, but I mean he's one seven straight and I I think eventually we do see him fight for a title fight. I just really like really like his game and I think he's got a super bright future. Uh and then finally the heavyweight division. He's actually up next in just a few minutes here. Ciro Gone, another one that I like the odds at at plus two fifty. Similar to the flyweight title, I wouldn't be shocked if we got three heavyweight title fights this year. I mean, it's it's not out of the realms of possibilities. So best case scenario, he wins and he just defends throughout the year. Or if he loses, especially with how uncertain and gone his future is in the UFC, maybe we see him fight for it again at some point in 2022. So uh, I think it's interesting. We've seen he's he doesn't shy away from being active. Six weeks after he fought Volkov, he goes for the interim belt. So uh, I don't think it's crazy for him to, you know, even if he loses, to maybe get another shot at it. Um, but hopefully he just he just wins in January and we can we can go from there.
0: And to remind people, uh, uh, obviously like, oh. he's, he's actually the favorite going into this fight, but it's he has to yeah. keep the belt by the end of the year. Yeah. Also, shout out to Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa for pretty much lying to us last Wednesday about not being – Oh, yeah, uh, lied right to your face.
1: Jeez, Said Luis. Houston was too much pressure too, and now he's yeah, fighting right, right back. Right.
0: In Houston, they're <laughs> fighting each other. I feel like we kind of had a hand. I mean probably Mick Maynard was watching the thing. He's like, you know what? Derek Lewis, Ty Vasa. Let's put them together. So, no need to think. Yeah, I I saw you said it. It
1: should be sponsored by the I MMI. think so. I think so. Uh, and then lastly, this is the final one. Just in case. It's kind of like you know, Wow. +650. John. I mean, it's an absurd. It's an absurd bet he like
0: It's not that crazy. You know.
1: I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen with him at +650. Right. If he does fight you have to probably assume it will be for a title fight like or it'll be against the top tier of the heavyweight division i mean it's john jones however you feel about him like he's he's the upper echelon so and if he does fight and if he does fight for a title i can promise you he's not going to be plus 650 so i threw a tiny sprinkle on uh, on john jones plus 650 it's not the it.
0: worst i mean there's a very good chance he fights maybe by the end of the summer i mean this is the time to do it if if not now uh, when um by the way if some crazy, you know, chance he 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 wins the light heavyweight title again. This doesn't count, right? It has to be
1: heavyweight. Doesn't count. No. Nah. Yeah, wow. it's got to be heavyweight. Um. So yeah, we'll uh we'll see. I mean, I these are there were twelve of these. If three of them hit, I'd be I'd pretty I'd be pretty ecstatic, especially at the odds that we got. So. So we, we can go three and this. Now. Yeah, I mean that's oh, not well, a great well, percentage. I mean, you're not going to get great percentages with futures. But we would probably get profit if we went three and nine. Actually, we would definitely get profit.
0: Speaking of futures, true or false, you actually placed a future
1: bet on the Georgia Bulldogs? I believe we also have a graphic for that. Wow. On May on that one, you have the Georgia Bulldogs even at six to one plus hundred. I mean, look at that ticket, August second. I think you can see the date on there. Wow. Yes, yeah, so we've been living and dying with this team. Hopefully, they can get it done, man. This is my. I, I was very confident all week and now that we're like here the nerves are starting to hit and they've never won before right 1980 last time they won my dad was in school and my dad is like 65 is your dad there with you he's not no nah, mm. nah. would have been nice yeah, it's just me and I went to college with. 1980 was the last
0: time but they played in the championship game before
1: just one other time and it was in it was my senior year when i was there in 2017
0: oh wow interesting
1: yeah i got our hearts broken overtime loss to alabama
0: And this is what, plus six? Oh, plus 600. There it is. Okay. Now, why is it red?
1: That's Georgia red. Okay. I'll give it a little custom.
0: Well, historically on the show, like the format is red is like the one, I don't know. I don't want to bring it up, but usually do green, red,
1: when it hits you. Do Hopefully do that's really. not an indicator. Yeah, Hopefully, I don't know. I was, su- in- I was surprised. Hopefully when not, had not had a bad time. I <laughs> surprised if we lose, This is what I'm blaming it on. I'm, bla- I'm blaming uh, it on the run. Um,
0: I thought you were going to put, you know, just to sort of, you know, curry favor. I thought you were going to put a little sprinkle on the Bills, Pats, but no. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, you and Joe should have made that bet. You would have won.
0: Yeah. Uh, I heard a Slack notification, so I wonder if it's Joe telling us that our next guest is ready. Yeah. <laughs> it was the yeah. up uh, yeah. the, the <laughs> go upside. It. Oh, yeah. it was the up upside. How great is this? All right. So you're going out. You're going to, uh, you're go- you're going to TGI Fridays. You might go to McDonald's. Oh. You might go to Wendy's. You guys are all going to congregate. You're going to have a meal, and then you're going to head over to Lucas Oil. Is it Lucas
1: Oil? Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, we're actually gonna go to Applebee's, get the molten lava cakes. I like got one guy <laughs> that one time, and then we'll head over to Lucas Oil. Are we
0: painting the faces, yeah. painting the chests? Why not us? Why not now? That's go a, dogs!
1: Not, it's, a, it's a business. It's a business trip. I got I got my nice Georgia button down. We're ready to go. And then when you fly back tomorrow morning? Wow! Win or lose, rain or shine, rain or shine. It's it's this tonight's gonna be the decider whether it's a fun flight or a miserable yeah. flight. Well, I wish you guys the best. I'm rooting
0: for you, and that's always a great indication. The Hiawani, uh rub, so to speak, always
1: leads it's to good great to have lengths. you back. Yeah. Sorry, I can't, I can't appreciate it enough.
0: It's pretty much the opposite of the Drake curse. Uh, some have been saying so. Good luck to you guys. Thank you for stopping by, and thank you to going, you know, for going to these uh, lengths to do this, and uh, you know, have a have a chicken tender or two
1: on me at Applebee's. All right absolutely mm. tell Frank I'm sorry for slouching I just noticed now so uh, <laughs> wow yeah. that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's, anything, it's anything disappointing now I really feel like the fighter
0: <laughs> oh my God. that was like back to the fu- oh now he's back okay that was like back to the future um, when the guy wait is he still there he's, is that a- he's oh, still okay. here no yeah. we can't say goodbye well, goodbye uh, we'll talk to you later we got to get to Mark Goddard there he is <laughs> you guys ever see Back to the Future where he say, Earth Angel, Earth Angel, will you be mine? And, and there's the pic. I, I love that scene. One of the all-time great scenes. And his family is starting to fade away because his mom and Biff are coming together. And the dad, Marty McFly. You know that scene? That's what that reminded me of. Yeah, we've was, all seen that movie. That's yeah. like the picture. That's like the picture fading away. By the way, while we're talking about uh, entertainment... Broke my heart to hear about uh, the passing of Bob Saget. Horrible, horrible news. Tough beginning of the year for um, celebrity death, so my condolences to his family. What a great guy. Everyone who's in my age bracket, I think, grew up watching that show Full House and just seemed like a really cool guy and uh, had a successful run post-show, so just a bummer. 65, far too young. So my condolences, and uh, really, really was sorry to hear that. Uh, in any event, thank you very much to GC. We'll take note of those uh, futures, as they call them, and uh, we'll check in on them. You know, one of them could hit, uh, a se- well, could be the beginning of the hit as, uh, you know, you can have a situation where Cyril Gun wins, but then we obviously have to monitor these men and women that he picked, some multiple in uh, a specific weight class, which is a little com-si-com-sa, if you ask me. They got to be champ by December 31st, so... We'll see how it all plays out. And and perhaps we'll ask Cyril Gan his thoughts on being one of the uh, the fighters that he chose later in the program. For now, though, uh, I do want to say hello to one of the very best referees and officials in the history of mixed martial arts. It's always great to be able to pick his brain. Very exciting stuff. And uh, actually, he's coming somewhat bearing gifts because uh, we'll be able to tell you all how you, bec- you can become more proficient at uh, understanding the rules and regulations involved in this great sport. Uh, We shall talk about that and a hell of a lot more. Let's go back now to the magic of Zoom and say hello to the one and only Mark Goddard, who's kind enough to join us. Mark, how are you, my friend?
2: How are you doing, Ariel? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you just
0: fine. Appreciate you stopping by and hope uh, hope you're doing well.
2: I'm very good. Apologies for the setting. I'm in my car, but I am... I came training, so by the time we finish, I'm ready to go training. If I stayed at home and we finish, I'll be late for training. So apologies for the setting, if it's no worries, if it's a problem,
0: no worries at all. We can hear you just fine. We can see you just fine. Um, I wanted to have you on for multiple reasons. Like I said, it's always a privilege when we can pick the brains of one of the very best in the game. Uh, but I saw recently. So what, what I what I've always appreciated about you, Mark, is that look, you know, there's a lot of people. Uh, And I'm sure it drives you and all the other officials in this game, whether they're referees or judges, when you go on Twitter and you see everyone waxing poetic about your profession, and let's be honest, we haven't put in the time or effort to become experts at your profession. I get it. I could totally understand it. What I always appreciate about you is uh, you don't bitch and moan about it. You actually try to educate, and you come on shows like this, you talk about it, but now you have taken things a step further. So why don't you tell the people what you're doing, because I think this is fantastic.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that, Errol. I think what you're giving reference to there is um, the, the online training platform that that I have launched through through my own website. Um, because I mean, whether people know or not, obviously MMA, it is a fair to say a very vested interest for me. You know, it's a passion, and I'm very fortunate I get to live that out. Part of that, apart from being an official myself, um, is the training of would-be officials and people that are coming up. Um, something that I've done extensively, um, particularly on behalf of IMF, the International Federation, because in the same vein that we find tomorrow's fighters today, you know, when we give them the amateur platform, it's exactly the same when it comes to officials. So it's something I have been very busy um, globally, in fact, mostly predominantly outside of the US because, you guys are uh, heavily entrenched with uh, athletic commissions and whatnot. But yes, the training of officials, referees and judges, it's obviously close to my heart. I've been doing it for, for the IMAF for a number of years, but I managed to take it a stage further, capture the content that is delivered on these weekend courses and and put it out there for people to be able to uh, to download and purchase through my shameless plug, Goddard.com mma.com website. But um, listen, at the end of the day, Ariel, I'm trying to get people on a level playing field. I'm doing my level best to try and get people to at least understand.
0: No, it's fantastic. And I had the, the, the privilege and the pleasure to look at both the judging video and the refereeing video. And what was interesting to me, at least off the bat, was you're not just like mailing it in here. Like these are like two hour long sessions, right? Right off the bat. And so it's really detailed and thorough. And you do make the point, if anyone goes, and we just showed the website, GoddardMMA.com, if anyone goes on there, I mean, even for a media person, it's very interesting because you learn a lot about you know, the rules and the intricacies involved in officiating MMA. But you don't, it's like if you watch this for two hours, you're not becoming a referee. You can't just go like ref a UFC show, right? This is just knowledge that you're trying to either help us, commentators, media guys, fans, fighters, um, other officials, and then if you're interested, then you have to go through the steps of actually becoming a certified ref or judge. Correct.
2: That's correct. In a nutshell, it's correct. I mean, the content collectively. If you if you had the referee and judge, you know, there's three and a half hours worth of, of footage there. But as I'm sure you could you could share that when you watch that footage, it's. Cause this is a difference here. This is, this is one of the, one of the, if I was to surmise one of the greatest problems that hamper or dog MMA officiating, it's, it's the ignorance, you know, it's the fact that people believe that they know, you know, and uh, it's not until you actually go out of your way to, to, to study something when you find out, Hey, actually, there's quite a lot here. I don't know. And we're not just talking about people, people in the media, presenters, broadcasters, fighters, coaches as well. You know, this is a very young sport. It's something you you, you will have noticed on the video. There's actually, a, a, a you know, a complete segment on there when I talk about the reasons why perhaps the sport is so misunderstood. And part of that is we're a young sport. We're still formative. We're a very young sport. But yes, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I've said it on the video, the unified rules of MMA, this is not, You know, it's not a sacrosanct document. It's not something that's unearthed and shrouded in mystery. It's a public document. I can go onto Google and I can freely download it for myself. But like anything in life, the most important thing is I could give you one page of information, 20 pages of information. Say, Ariel, will you read this? And you'll read it. There is a huge difference between reading something and actually understanding something. Having to sit down the classroom environment, getting that the- theoretical knowledge explained to you and broken down in great detail. And that's essentially what, what the training is. And it's kind of funny that you go on to that point. Uh, another thing, another another problem with MMA officiating, I'm still, even after 22, 23 years plus in this sport, I don't know why, but it's there's kind of that thought process that, MMA officiating, in particular, refereeing and judging, people think it's just something you can have a go at. And it's not. It's the same as any other profession. Like you said, you know, just because I study for something or do an online course or do actually a certified seminar, when I leave school or university with, with, with degrees in education, I'm still at the bottom rung of the ladder. All the experience that I will get in a particular field role or job, that's what I do once I've actually taken that step. But arming yourself with the correct detail and information to begin with, to say it's critical is is an understatement.
0: So um, in my previous job, when I was working at ESPN, I, I had some opportunities to work um, NBA games, Mark, and I'm um, a big NBA fan. And I got to be a part of the process at the beginning of the year where all the broadcasters came together. And one thing that really was illuminating for me, which I then immediately thought of MMA, my, my bread and butter, of course, was... They – every season, Mark, every season, at the beginning of every season in the NBA, National Basketball Association, all the broadcasters come together. It doesn't matter who you work for. They all come together, and the league, in conjunction with the officials, the referees, put on like a three-day seminar going over all the rules, all the regulations. Some have changed. Some have been improved. Going back to controversial moments from the previous season, all this stuff, to basically bring everyone up to speed on what are the rules of the game right so that when you're calling the game you know what you're talking about right and i immediately thought this would be a fantastic thing to do in mma because let's be honest not throwing anyone under the bus there's often times where i'm watching doesn't matter the promotion and it's very clear that the broadcasters aren't up to speed maybe they're old school guys and they don't know about the new rules the modifications why aren't we in a spot or have you ever pitched to a promotion like hey bring your broadcasters together we'll put together a seminar we'll bring everyone up to speed so that not only is it a good you know broadcast but also you're then you know representing the sport in the best light possible because you're now not saying things that are contradictory to what you're trying to do out there as an official
2: yes yes and yes sign me up okay Ariel let's go right this ariel look the the the, the I sent you the free links to to the content did you I don't expect you have to have sat down and watched and digested three and a half hours, but I'm sure you might've thumbed through it. Absolutely. Okay. And what and you will have learned something, correct? Absolutely. And I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be devilish here and I'm going to be bold if I may say that you learned more than something, i.e. more than one thing, several things. Yeah. Great. And and this is it. And, And you know, it's funny you say that because look, it's like any sport, um, we have to live in the real world. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a realistic notion to, to imply that every single person involved with the sport would know the rule book back to front because that's the job of the set officials within the, within the sport. But like you said, it it is. And, and, you know, I, I heart back to what I was saying a little bit earlier in the fact that it's still a young sport. We're still a young formative sport, finding our feet in many ways, and obviously part of that is the education and the understanding of the rule book. And that's for everybody involved in this sport. And I do mean everybody. And when, when I say everybody, I mean, you know, active as in fighters, coaches, uh, commentators, media members, et cetera. I have taken it upon myself to, to send free free links to uh, a short list of people. Uh, and yourself was, was obviously one of them. And I'm not going to say who, you know, I'd like those people to come forward themselves. And, it, and my, my promise was this, you know, I said to them, you know, with the greatest respect in the world, and I kind of go back to that notion, look, you're not expected to know what that rule book is uh, back to front, inside out. That's my job. But what, what you are expected to get is perhaps a baseline level of understanding and you might be a little bit way more proficient in, into the sport that you're covering. That's my, that's my goal. And I'll never stop doing it, you know. It's obviously, when I do the certified seminars, actually looking to assess and train would-be referees and judges. It's a very intense thing. You know, it's a full weekend. It's a full process. And obviously those people, they are expected, you know, they're they're measured and they're examined in, in four or five formats. But this condensed video version that you can get from God, MMA.com. This is something that is accessible for for everybody. You know, there is no excuse. Um, I, I used to do. Honestly, it used to drive me crazy, even in the UK. And every if I had a, a if I had a pound, a dollar for every time someone contacts, Mark, I want to be a ref, I want to be a judge. Okay, no problem. You know, blah blah blah. I'm going to do a seminar. So I take a seminar. Let's for instance say I'll do a seminar in Manchester, and they're like. Ugh. can can you not do one in liverpool but it's it's 40 minutes away in the car if you can't get in your car and drive 40 minutes down the road you're not going to make it as an official you know so now i've kind of took it that stage further the content that you need the content that you get to understand download it and watch it on your tablet download it and watch it on your phone in the comfort of your own bed and the comfort of your own couch there is no excuses anymore
0: can I ask you, Mark, about um, confidence? Because I think that MMA referees and to a degree judges as well, maybe as far as all the officials in all the sports, have the toughest job. Because with you guys, a lot of it is these quick judgment calls. And a lot of it is subjective, right? There's there's many moments. It's not like you know, football or even boxing where it's a little more black and white. A lot of your calls are subjective, quick judgment calls in the moment. And I have found, and correct me if I... I'm wrong if you disagree that confidence comes into play whether it's an official who's been openly criticized a lot whether it's an official who had a couple of you know questionable calls you feel like maybe you're too quick to pull the trigger, or maybe you let things go and you shouldn't have let it go because you don't want to get that kind of heat. How does an official, you know, this isn't something that you can read off a manual, like someone like yourself who has seen it all, who has done it all, who has been on every big stage, the biggest fights possible. How do you deal with confidence issues? What would be your best advice to someone who is starting to doubt their skills? Because as you know, being in there as the third man or woman, if you're lacking confidence, if you're not fully, you know, Feeling like you are the man or woman for the job, it can become very apparent when there's a, a bang bang call to make in a fight, right?
2: Yes, and 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 that's a great question. Of course, when it comes to being, you know, we we, we can split that there two definitive roles. One is the referee. One is the judge. Of course, uh, you know, a hair-trigger decision or a delayed decision as a referee could have quite the monumental effect. As a judge, not so much but in terms of dealing with, you know, confidence issues, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to, you know, that, that's you and that's your job, you know, and that's not exclusive to being an MMA official. If you fly a plane, if you drive a bus, if, you, if you're a chef, if you do everything, if you have the required knowledge, competency, and skill to do your job, it's going to show. And yes, of course, it is a little bit different. It's not a, a, an everyday run of the mill job being a, an MMA official, in particular, a referee, because your mistakes or a lot of the time your perceived mistakes are are there and open to the world, you know, the watching world. Um, But it's like anything, Errol, you know, it's funny when when you said there about been there, seen there, done it all. I I never think like that. I I honestly don't think that that I've done it all. I believe that I'm currently in the fortunate position of doing it all. I'm trying to do it. And I kind of say that to to would-be officials too. One of the things i try and impress and, and and press upon them in um, in the training is is the notion of perfect and perfection. To me as an individual, I don't believe in perfection. I, I don't think I can ever be perfect. I, I don't think it's something that exists. But what keeps me on my toes and what I say to other officials, especially as a ref and of course as a judge, if you set out, trying to be perfect no matter how many times you've done it after so many years and this is kind of what you know what I do I, I'm always trying to be perfect and, and that's what I believe you know keeps me one step ahead and that's one of the things that will help me get over confidence issues I, I don't have confidence issues I can tell you because you know if, if you did as a referee in particular, you know, there is a definitive difference between being a ref and a judge. You know, as a referee, you're front and centre and and your performance is there to be, it's visual for everybody. Um, But you have to have the confidence within to step in there knowing that you're going to do your utmost to fulfil your job. And like I said, is is that not the same for every industry? Obviously, there's not not decrying what anybody does for a job, you know, but like I said, uh, it is a bit of an anomaly, it's a combat sport. And of course, consequences of, of you not having the best day, quote unquote, at the office can be can be catastrophic. But we're all humans, aerial, And if we do make a slight error of judgment or we zig when we should have zagged, you've got to be able to... The first thing that's the most important for me is showing acceptance thereof. You know, if, you've, if I've made a mistake, nobody in this world has to tell me I'm no... More or less momentarily, or, or if not instantly, and you go back and you reflect, and, and the word that I used there is acceptance. Accept that you know you might have made a, an error of judgment. Have a look at it, study, and more importantly, try and work out how not to repeat that again.
0: I have hypothesized that you know uh, you've been in the sport for over two decades. The talent has evolved, the game has evolved, the sport has evolved. And I don't feel like there are enough great officials like yourself, whether it's referees, judges. Uh, I think your fellow uh, countrymate, Ben Cartledge is one of the best judges and doesn't get talked about enough. Shout out to him. There's, there's a few good ones, but obviously not enough. And my hypothesis has been that uh, the pay just isn't enough. Like, it's a, it's a tough job, right? You make a mistake, you're, 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 you're killed for it on Twitter, you have a great night, no one mentions your name, and oh, by the way, you're probably not getting a lot for it, and you probably can't do this for your, you know, it can't be your full-time living, you have to do other stuff as well. Am I wrong or right about that? I, I feel like the officials should be getting paid more, especially when you're talking about being involved in multi-million dollar fights, and there's a lot riding on these fights. What do you think? Am I wrong or right? Should the pay increase? And I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, but this is I, I feel like if you up the pay, more people are gonna want to do this job and you'll get better candidates.
2: Listen, brother, you're not gonna get me in, in trouble for me sitting here saying, Mark, would you like to be uh, uh would you like the potential of earning more money? Uh let me think about that. Yes, <laughs> but 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 here's what I'm gonna say to that. When I first started refereeing, and it's the same for everyone else of note the sole purpose of getting into and, and doing this it's not money because believe you me like you just said if it is go and find something else to do you know that the and like you said there's a separation there between the, the, there's many officials there's good officials and there's great officials and thank you for the for the compliment you're paying to me but one thing that I think that the, the great officials share in common is this is not, and you said a shout out there to Ben to Ben Cartledge, and, and that's great. You know, Ben will say himself, that uh, Ben's been very kind to me. You know, I've, I've spent a long, a long time with Ben, um, a number of years, and I'm kind of going to go back to what I was saying about the importance of seminars and IMAF. You'll see in Europe, you'll see names like Clemens Werner coming through. You'll see Vito Paolillo from, from Italy. All these guys have, have come up, you know, the hard way, the right way. They've come and learnt on the courses, they've put the mileage in on the road. I've used the guys in many shows internationally as well. And and the same in the US, you know, I've got to give a shout out to my US colleagues too. When you see the names like a Mike Bell, a Sal, a Derek Cleary, Ben, Vito, Clemens, Dave Lederby, all those people, please take it from me, Ariel. They do nothing but talk about fights. We do nothing but talk about fights. We take it so personal. We've been doing it for so long, and it really is a passion. That's the one thing that we that we do share there, and that's the one thing I would like to get across, you know, you know, to listeners and people. And you know, like I said, of course we are human beings, and and as such, you know, some days you you may not have there could be a blip on the radar, and you may not have made, you know, the the best of decisions. But like I said, that's you know, that's that happens, you know, it's it's human nature. But but the one thing I do want to stress is just how much we take this role seriously. Money is not the deciding factor. And that's another common thing we share. Money is not the deciding factor for us. It's not the motivator and it's not the driver. I've been doing this. When I first started refereeing, I wasn't getting paid. That's what tells you money is not the deciding Mm. factor. It's a passion. It's something I love to do. And Yes, of course, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I don't do things for free now because I've earned my stripes not to. But yeah, when it when it comes to the financial recompense of being an MMA official, yeah, that's up to the, to the powers that be in the regulators. If you want to up it, I'm all for it. <laughs>
0: There's a fascinating section. We'll keep you for a few more minutes. I appreciate this. I love talking about this, Mark. So thank you. There's a fascinating section in the refereeing video about corner stoppages and throwing in the towel and stuff like that. Another thing that I would love to see more of, and I wonder if you feel like it should happen more in boxing. I feel like it's a lot more common to see a corner stop a fight. Now, a lot of them are a little bit longer. You know, uh, let's say it's a ten-round, three-minute fight. You know, there's there's more opportunities, but I just feel like it's a normal part of the culture. In MMA, it is not as normal, and it's almost like how dare you even suggest it? Don't you ever? You know, I'll I'll, I'll cut loose my corner if they stop it. We've seen a few instances of that. Do you feel because then and then it puts you guys in a tough spot, right? I mean, I remember like the Ortega volkanovsky fight uh, back in September. Some people thought, including myself, that maybe Ortega's corner should have stopped the fight going into the fifth. Would you like to see this more? And perhaps why do you think it doesn't happen as much as in boxing?
2: Great points, great, and I, you, you nailed it there with with one word: culture. Um, it's definitely an MMA culture, and I'm going to go back to you know that that common thread again about us being a, a young sport. Things are still being figured out. Things are still being learned. And and yes, you will see it far more readily in boxing uh, because fight, uh, coaches seem... I'm not saying that MMA coaches are any less persuasive or, or or demand any less from their fighters. Of course, they love and care for them just the same. But it's a definite culture thing. And I think there's also there's a certain visual aesthetic when, when it comes to MMA too because, by and large you know, the vast majority, 99.9% of fights in MMA are finished on the ground, i.e. the person has been knocked out and is lying on the ground, or he's been taken down, um, TKO'd or submitted on the ground. So there's a visual aesthetic there as well, that people are just not used to seeing fighters being stopped on their feet. Um, f- for myself, you know, it's not, I don't care what's at stake. I've stopped a UFC world championship fight from a standing fighter because, for me, as a referee, and it's something that you, you might. Hit. If you go back, those links are yours to go back to. By the way, Thank next you. time I see you, I'm going to ask you questions. <laughs> there's actually a, there's a segment in that video when I talk about one of the things for, especially for a referee. There's a marker in a fight. Two fighters come out. The fight begins competitive. The tide starts to ta- The tide starts to turn. One fighter may start edging ahead and getting the upper hand. One fighter gets forced into being defensive. The onslaught continues and the momentum builds. That defensive position then turns into survival. That's the switch. That's the aesthetic switch that a referee should be looking for for them to step in and call a halt to the fight. And you, can't, you, you can actually say the exact same for MMA corners and MMA coaches. I've met some of the I've met some amazing people. Um, I'm referring to coaches here. I know they love and care for their fighters very deeply, very dearly. But I think, again, it's just, it's a time-surfing. It's an educational thing. And the culture of MMA competitions or MMA fights being stopped when the person is either completely unconscious or they're on their back, face down, eating shots, etc., I think time will take care of that. And of course, greater awareness and education, not just for officials, but for coaches too. It's a collective responsibility.
0: I love it. GoddardMMA.com is where you can get it. Uh, you can get the refereeing videos, the uh, the judges' videos. Thank you for uh, opening my eyes to this and uh, for giving me the access as well. Because it is – I mean honestly, if you're a media guy – I mean, forget about the broadcast. If, if I'm given the opportunity to like be the coordinating producer for any promotion, the first thing I'm doing is buying this for all of my broadcasters. And then at the end, maybe now during this little break in the action— I'm setting up a Zoom call with you and maybe another referee and two top judges and just letting the broadcasters pepper you guys with questions. There is no way that this doesn't make for a better product for everyone involved. I don't understand why this doesn't happen, but uh, for now, you are doing the Lord's work, so well done to you, Mark. It's always great to see you in there. You were there with Juliana Pena and and Amanda Nunez a few weeks ago. I can't even imagine what's going on in your mind when these moments are happening. You, You have the best seat in the house, so keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you very much for your work, and looking forward to seeing. You. Are you there this weekend? When's your next uh, UFC assignment? I'm
2: I'm not in I'm not in uh, I'm not in Vegas. I'm not in, t- in. January, I tend to have a little bit of time off because okay. it's I come off the road. I came off the road the 23rd of December, so it's Jeez. Christmas time. Christmas and New Year at home with the kids. I'm actually uh, I won't be in California. I mean, the guys are spoiled for choice out there, right? You know, Herzog, Herb, Beltran. They don't need me out there for this one. I am licensed there, but I'm actually going to be at the IMF World Championships in Abu Dhabi. And then after that, it's full steam ahead. February, March, I'm already booked into the end of April. So you'll be seeing me soon, bro. Well
0: done. Uh, GoddardMMA.com. Thank you for this, Mark. Appreciate it very much and continued success to you and the rest of the
2: crew. Thank you so much.
0: All right, there he is. Thank you very much to our good friends over at BetterHelp Online Therapy, because support for this show comes from BetterHelp Online Therapy. Getting the relationships in your life right can be a battle. Everyone knows that. I'm sure you've heard people say things like, hey, marriage is hard work, or you've got to fight to keep your friendships and relationships on track. I know that I've definitely put some blood, sweat, and tears into my own relationships, not only with my loved ones, but with my colleagues as well. In particular, Mysterious Frank, who can be a bit of a pain at times. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You learn a lot of lessons. You grow. You evolve. Sometimes you need to talk to someone to figure things out. I've talked about this. I've done it. It has worked. And so if you are looking to tune up some of your relationships, therapy can help you figure out what's going wrong and how to get it all fixed. BetterHelp offers affordable, convenient, totally online therapy that is a great solution for anyone out there looking to give therapy a try. So here's what you need to know go to betterhelp.com/mmr today to get 10% off your first month you can become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not and all you have to do is go to betterhelp.com/mmr today to get 10% off your first month again that's betterhelp h e l p.com/mmr phenomenal service great people great business we appreciate them very much go check them out if you are in need. Mark Goddard, great stuff. Very insightful, and honestly, uh, I could—I mean, I could pepper him with a hundred more questions about certain situations. Those are just a few that were top of mind as of late. You know, there's situations where uh, you had that situation in Abu Dhabi where the official got removed, and was really an embarrassment. One thing that you would love to see is just because the UFC is in town, just because Bellator is in town, it doesn't mean the local guy gets a shot. You know, you see this in places like Texas sometimes. I remember the Dominic Reyes versus uh, John Jones title fight, and the judges just weren't they weren't qualified. There was one guy in particular that just wasn't qualified to be doing that. There are top guys who truly care about this, who travel the world, who are part of great organizations like IMF, who 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 train, who uh, try to get better, who try to improve, who are self-reflective. And, you know, he's not paying me for this, but uh, he did send me the links, and I was like, wow, this is great, and it would make for a great conversation. And uh, I would love to shine a light on this honestly for the media people as well, because we sit there sometimes and we talk about you know what 's right what's wrong um right calls, wrong calls, and uh honestly including myself like sometimes we're wrong and we're not up to speed like we're not going through you know these these seminars. The one thing I would love to see though is every broadcast team be subjected to this because they're in a tough spot. Like it's easy for me to sit there and tweet something when an event is going on and I can erase it, I could delete it, I could edit it, whatever the case is. These guys have to react. I'm talking about the broadcasters, let alone the judges and referees. Uh, They have to react in real time and they have to give their two cents on replay and foul and eye poke and below the belt It's a tough spot, so you better be up to speed. And we have seen some situations where they're not up to speed. Now, generally, I think we're blessed with some great broadcasters, a lot of great broadcasters. There there aren't that many lemons who are doing, like, the actual calling of the fights. I'm not talking about the death stuff. I'm talking about, like, play-by-play and analysts. But I think it would be of great, great benefit to everyone to to be subjected to this kind of stuff. So he mentioned uh, California, of course. The UFC is returning to California, uh, hopefully— Um, For the first time since uh, that second D.C. Stipe fight, that's uh, the one in August of 2019, believe it or not. Was it 2000? Yeah, 2019. That's crazy, man. Crazy. That was the Nate Diaz, Nathan Diaz, Anthony Pettis fight as well. They return on January 22nd with an amazing card co-main event of course is Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figredo. Main event is one of my most anticipated fights of 2022. We are getting very spoiled right off the bat. It's it's a fight that, you know, it's a promoter's dream. You get a guy like Francis Ngannou coming off the big win over Stipe back in March. Going up against a former training partner, a rising stud, our breakout fighter of 2021, Surreal Gunn. You got the history there. I mean, you can't you can't script anything better than this. And we are uh, very lucky now to be joined by the French prince himself, aka Bon Gamin, aka Surreal Gunn, who is in California. He just flew there over the weekend. He's joining us now via the magic of Zoom. Hello, Surreal. Ça va? Comment ça va? Salut.
3: Salut, ça va et toi? Ah,
0: ça, ça va, va très bien? bien. How you doing? Uh, bon matin. You like that, the French Prince, right? I don't see any T-shirts. Where's the gear?
3: Ah, uh, that's possible to change, if you want. Huh?
0: No, no, no. But I told you, French Prince, it's gonna sell. You're gonna sell. Ah, a lot of... I must. I must do
3: that. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But that's not a good that. idea.
0: Le French Prince. That. Le le Prince français. Le Prince, Prince français. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah, you doing this. It. What do you have over there behind you? Is that like a headset? What is that on your bed, if you don't mind me asking?
3: Yeah, just stopping my game for you, man. I oh. <laughs> just in my game for you. You see that? What we are you are playing? Uh, I was on, uh, was on Call of Duty. Call oh, of okay, okay. Duty. Uh, that. Oh, maybe sometime I played soccer on FIFA.
0: Oh, yes, yes, With yes. We
3: hold my team, all my friend.
0: What, PS? FIFA.
3: Uh, that's not exactly that. Uh, We play... Uh, with all my friends, we are together on the same team, and we play. Me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the, I'm in the middle. You have some guy on the left, on the right. Oh wow! And, uh, every people playing just with the single person, with single player.
0: Oh, that's fun! So online. That's yeah, that's
3: good. Online,
0: yeah, I, exactly. I saw you recently. You did a, um, I think it was like a charity game or something. Like Tony Parker was there. It was where PSG plays, right? A, a charity match, football match.
3: It was a um, no. It was Celebrity? not in the PSG. It, it it was uh, for UNICEF.
0: Oh, UNICEF, right, right, right,
3: right. Yeah, Marseille, exactly. Uh, Marseille yeah, yeah,
0: Marseille. Yeah. Yes, exactly. How'd you do?
3: I play. <laughs> I played just at the end of the game, so it was a little bit the mess. Okay. So it was not good to play because I like to play good, but it was really great. It was very really famous to to. To Play uh, just behind face to face with uh, a lot of people like that, it was very really
0: crazy. Yeah, uh, why only at the end of the game? Why did they put you in sooner? Why, yeah, uh, because now
3: I'm a friend some friends. Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't be getting hurt doing that. Tony Parker's retired, right? He has nothing to lose at this point.
3: Yeah, 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 they uh. Tony Parker, there another personality Teddy Riner. Do you know Teddy Riner? No. Uh, judo, judo. Oh, okay. Big guy, seven time. Uh, if I don't make a mistake, seven time a champion in the world uh, in judo in a heavyweight. A big guy, really big, bigger
0: than. Wow. No, you
3: don't know who is it? No. Okay. Teddy Riner.
0: Okay, I'll check him out. So there are a lot
3: of yeah, a lot of personality. It, it was it was really good.
0: That's really um, nice. You you also posted something recently on your Instagram of you shooting free throws in basketball. I, I am continuously impressed with your basketball skills because fighters, they're so bad at basketball. Like, I don't know if you ever saw John Jones one time. He shoots like this. Like, he has no idea what he's doing. You are really good at basketball. Yes, like this. Like this he shoots. I saw him one time. It was crazy. You are so good at basketball. Would you say that's your best sport outside of fighting?
3: Yeah, before that, it was the basketball, exactly. I did maybe... Uh, I did uh, around maybe 10 years in the basketball. Wow. Exactly the same in the soccer. So that's why I play a little bit good with my feet, with my foot, and with my hands too.
0: Um, But just like that. uh, Since you're in California, are you going to go to a Lakers game, a Clippers game?
3: (sighs) It's a little bit complicated. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe next week. I don't know if it's possible, but we, we try to, we try to hang out a little bit, but Outside, that's better. You know, with the yeah, COVID, COVID yeah, maybe it's we the are best. really yeah, afraid yeah. about that. That's why we are here today. Um, normally, we must move uh, next week. Oh, no, in, on, on Wednesday. But we move uh, early because we, with the wife, with the, with the children. Yeah. You don't put your mask all the time in your yeah. house uh, with the children, and that's a little bit complicated. So we were really afraid about that. So that's why we move already.
0: Wow. Okay. Ha- has it been stressful mm. training for this? I mean, it's the biggest fight of your life. Has it been easy or yeah. stressful to train with all the COVID stuff, the spike recently?
3: No, we
0: do. We did all we can do for
3: uh, uh, against this uh, this COVID. Uh, every time we tested before the the training. Oh wow. Two two per week, a little bit like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, no, not afraid because when you, you are. Uh, not close to the fight. That's okay. You have time to you have time to to uh, to, to rest. And uh, but yes, when you arrive, maybe at two, around two weeks, the fight. Yeah, really afraid about that. So that's why we, we move uh, already in California. Uh
0: Can you describe Cyril what um, your feelings are as you are approaching this fight? Because as you know, it's a different kind of build up. This one. This isn't like you and Derek Lewis. There's there's a, a backstory here. It's very this personal. Is- uh, especially, you know, with your coach and Francis. I mean, in, in, in large part, the 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 trash talk has been more Francis and Fernand Lopez, not so much you, which maybe is a good thing. How does this make you feel?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, this is a good thing. I'm not, a,
3: I'm not like that. I don't know why. I don't like to do that, and that's not me. So I just want to stay uh, honest with the people, and it's not me. So, yeah, no, I'm comfortable with that. This is the game. And uh, Fernando Lopez and Francis had a story before me, so this is not exactly my deal. But uh, yes, of course, I'm in the middle, and people talk about me because I'm in the middle, and maybe uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm like uh, the revenge, like something like that. Yeah, a lot of story around that. But no, I'm comfortable with that. That's okay. Me is yes, is different than Derek Lewis, but. Uh, not because he's Francis, but because he's the champion now, mm. you see? And the champion is a really great fighter with a lot of strength. And, uh, and uh, this is, exactly, <laughs> I like to, do, to say that this is the final boss to, the, to, 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 to my video games, you see? <laughs> it a little bit like that. So yeah. yes, this time, like every time... If I make a mistake, it's going to be okay if I will make a mistake. if i if I lose, I'm really okay with that. Like every fight on my career is was like that. But at this time, yes, I want to do the the last step. You see? That's why it's a little bit different sure. because now mm-hmm. is the last step. Yeah, this is a uh, the big thing,
0: so you haven't put that pressure on yourself throughout your career, right? Saying like, oh, if I lose, I won't be undefeated. Perhaps that's a secret to your success. If you lose big deal, you move on to the next one. You don't you don't. Stress over it so much?
3: No, no, no. I'm really not stressed about that. And you see, particularly in the UFC, you have a lot of guys For example, uh, Justin Gaethje. This is a big star, but he never had the belt. Mm-hmm. He never he, he win. Sometimes he lost. That that's okay. He's still a big star. Yep. So that's why in the UFC is a little bit different than another sport. Another league, so that's why also I'm not stressed about that because I know I'm young, I'm just arrived, and I I know I have a lot of years in front of me. So if I make a mistake tomorrow, it's gonna
0: be okay. Yeah, Uh, Nate Diaz, another Mm. one, right? Never never was champion. Nate Diaz, exactly. All these guys. Um, I'm sure you have been asked about this, but I have to ask you, surreal, that moment at Madison Square Garden where he's walking by you and come on what is it? what are your thoughts on this and what was going through your mind when this all happened did you did you think he was gonna say hello to you
3: yeah, maybe at the last time uh, after some measures he's gonna uh, gonna go back just to say uh, no I don't know what i I think yeah he was a little bit confused at this moment uh like you see with the story with this final but uh yes. I think he was a little bit confused, so he don't know exactly what he must to do at this moment. So he preferred to do nothing. <laughs> so he just he just crossed the line like that, and uh, I don't know if today he's okay with with this. But for me, is what is yes, it was wrong. I like to say that yeah. When my my daughter do something, I every time I ask him, this is right or wrong baby. This is wrong, so for me, it was wrong. That's it.
0: On his part or on your part? His part. His just, part. Just curious, why didn't you say hi to him? Repeat the question? I'm just curious, what? why didn't you say, hey Francis, hello?
3: I don't understand oh, the I, question. I'm
0: curious. Why didn't you say hello to him as well? I know. I that didn't he was- say hello.
3: For me, I don't know. It was a little bit. For me, it was just for Fernando Lopez. But it was a little bit shame because yeah, you have your future opponent. You have your sparring, your your former sparring partner, also uh, Nasudin Imabov. Yeah, Nasodini Imabov did a lot of sparring for Francis Nganu, Maybe the biggest sparring. He had on his career wow uh um so that's why it was a little bit shame he just won his fight in madison square garden he just jumped in the in the top 15 so that's why it was a little bit shame that's why it, it was uh, it, 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 it was wrong for me
0: do you think that if fernan is not standing there and it's just you and and he says hello to you guys uh maybe yeah
3: hmm. Maybe, yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's hard, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure.
0: I saw that you did a video on your Instagram sort of uh, making a joke, making fun of this moment with some other people. <laughs> what was that? Who were those people? Were, were those famous people? Who was that?
3: Uh, yes, you know, have famous people. It was uh, because uh, one guy, the bigger one, the black, uh, close to me. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, it, it was just before uh, I play soccer. Oh, just okay. before play soccer. And we was on the entrance, <laughs> you see? And we're waiting and the guy come come close to me but take a picture with me. So I say yes, why not? Yeah, let's go. And I another guy, he comes, oh guys, waiting, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do the uh... the, the 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 remake. <laughs> I say, Yeah, you can do it. No worries. And you do it. So it's for just like that. Were, I say just yes, were you surprised this
0: video, uh Surreal has like over a million like millions of views all over the place. Are you surprised at how big of a deal this moment was? I mean, you're gonna probably be asked yeah. about it a hundred times between now and, and uh two Saturdays from now. Are you surprised that so many people were captivated by this video?
3: Yes. <laughs> Maybe the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really I'm a little bit surprised, but I can understand. Because um This is look a little bit like a disrespect. Mm-hmm. And this is chuck a little bit the people, and when the people are chucking, they like to click, they like to repost, they like to do something like that. So that's why, so that's normal.
0: And then things were, and by the way, just curious, uh, you didn't see him the rest of the night, right, you guys didn't talk, because that was just what was on camera, but you didn't see Francis in the arena when you were in New York um, two months ago, right?
3: Uh, can you repeat so, sorry, yeah, the Wi-Fi.
0: Uh, you didn't happen to see him later that night, or no. arena, hotel, anything like that?
3: No, no, no. I, 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 I didn't know he got to come like a guest in New York. Okay, I didn't know what? that. And and um, the people like to say yes. It was what uh, everything was managed for this yeah. this meet this meeting, and it's wrong. I think it's wrong. Because there are no camera, there are nobody. And we just did a lot of interview for Nasruddin and we're just waiting for the elevator. And at the same time, he come at the same time. Wow. And there was no camera. When the people say, uh, so Francis uh, hang out to the elevator, the guy uh, pick up the phone and just do that. Wow. It was it, it was it was a phone. It was not a camera. It was not something like that. So for me, no, I'm not sure. It was a, it was a complaint.
0: Right, right, right. And and by the way, when's the last time you spoke to Francis?
3: <laughs> in the in the last the last pairing, there three years ago. Wow. Yeah, no, Francis is not exactly like that. He don't like to have a lot of friends, and maybe so already at this time. I'm I'm will really be the future help and I'm not sure I don't know but uh no it's not like that you see Francis is really uh personal I don't know exactly uh, the world he's private It's private yeah he don't like to have a lot of friends maybe uh, this is my opinion this is uh, my feeling don't have a lot of friends in my gym in my factory but he did maybe five years something like that in my, in my gym but he don't have a lot of friends in my gym um, he never. I I did a lot of story about that when when uh, when I just started in the MMA factory because I support all of my gym and he was a part of MMA factory, but he never replied uh something like that. So
0: anyway, okay, like nice. that. Just curious. Uh, when you last spoke to him on that sparring day three years ago, did you know that that would be the last time? Like, did you have a feeling that he was going to be done with the team, or did it come as a surprise when he parted ways with the team?
3: No, it was it was uh, it was already complicated when he did uh, the last uh, camp in the Hemingway Factory with Fernando Um and uh, no, no, no. Every time it was like that, but he come back every time. Okay, to do the camp in Hemingway Factory. So, no, so no, and uh, maybe he found something better in, in, uh, in Texas. That's
0: it, um, and. Then things got even more interesting in the build-up to this fight because uh, the MMA Factory uh, social media pages posted a video, a brief video of you guys actually sparring, not really at 100%, but it's from back in the day. You guys obviously going back and forth, and uh, this seemed to have upset Francis a little bit because he seemed to think that it made him not look good, and then Fernand talked about it no. back and forth. Were you okay with that being posted? Because isn't there's sort of like a code, right? You don't you don't post this stuff. I mean, this is a very short clip; it's like 15 seconds long. But how did you feel when you saw this clip be posted?
3: This is what's posted on the MM Factory.
0: I believe so. Was it not? I saw. It, no, I'm not sure. We're posting a clip here from uh, BT Sport. They reposted it and credited you guys. That's the origin of where I could find it. So they were crediting you guys. But anyway, it it it, it no came matter, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Anyway,
3: anyway. Yeah, it was a part of the video for me. It was a good part of, of, of my sparring. Sometimes it was it was more balanced, sometimes it was better for him, uh and sometimes it was better for like every sparring you do with a, your sparring partner. This is a good part of myself. Not too much, but it was good. And uh and uh yes. But just I can tell about that.
0: Um, he is dealing with a lot right now, as you may have read, like with his contract and with the UFC and his manager. Do you think that there's too much on his plate? There's too much pressure, too much stuff going on here. You're just going into a fight. No pressure. You go in there. I mean, a lot of, you know, I don't know if you know this, you were my 2021 breakout star of the year. Felicitation. I don't know if you saw that great award that I gave you, but it's a big honor. It's a, it's a Thank you. <laughs> so th- there's a lot going on with him. Do you think that this might come back to hurt him in the fight? Because as you know, when there's a lot going on here and outside, sometimes you're not 100% focused. When you're fighting everyone, sometimes you go into the fight and there's a lot, you know, going on in your mind. What do you think?
3: For me, yeah, that's better to be focused on your mission. And, yeah. Um, and um, but this is exactly Francis. Francis like to go, like to do. He, he don't have a lot of confidence uh, in uh, too much people, so he like to do everything uh, around him. Mm. It was exactly, uh, a little bit the same uh, when he was. Uh, I heard that in uh, him in the MMA factory, he like to manage, this, to manage. Deep. He don't want to give the the part of the job to Fernando Lopez to do that to do that. So me. I just go to the gym, I train myself, and that's it. The rest, all the rest, all the job, the rest of the job is for my team, okay me, I'm always just focused on my side and my future opponent, and that's it, and I think this has helped me a lot, of course, okay, but you must to to, to be confident with your team. <laughs> you see, and maybe it was the problem with you know, with uh, with Francis uh, okay. with the he side.
0: This could potentially be be the 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 biggest year of your life. You win this fight, gigantic, and then maybe there's John Jones, maybe there's Steve. Who knows? But it's like it's one big name after the next. Is it hard not to think about that? Oh my gosh! If my, if I beat Francis, now I'm a huge megastar, not only in France but all over the world. And then it's John Jones. I could be the first guy to beat John Jones, and a lot of people I think would pick you against John Jones. I certainly will, if I'm being honest. And then who knows? There's Steve. So do you allow yourself at night to dream about these things or what uh,
3: i think the people now know me a little bit but i really don't care about all of that you don't care
0: You're that's crazy really, man really, that's that's, really, really, really you don't think of any of that that's
3: this. really crazy my man My man maybe that's because i just started that three three now three and a half right. uh, years ago so that's why i am never dreaming to be a champion uh in the mma in the ufc uh, one day Never. Maybe when I was really young, maybe to be a a soccer player. Maybe. And I'm not a dreamer. I'm not a dreamer. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. This is a good one. I'm
3: really not a dreamer. Wow. I was always confident uh, about myself, about my future. I never seen my future, what it's going to be. But every time I was confident, just that's it. Just that's it. And now the people bring me in the Muay and after that the people like Fernando bring me in the MMA, I just say, yes, why not? Let's go. You want you to? Okay, why not? Let's go. This is my story.
0: That's amazing. This is
3: the stories of my life. So you talk about um, John Jones and Stipe and this bet against Francisco and Gano. This is already crazy. But for me, it's, um, it's a little bit normal. Like, uh, I don't know exactly how I can explain that, but uh, it's just normal it's, because I did step by step. I did step by step. So this is a this is a the follow. This is a follow. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is
0: a, You're just following the next step. You're going with exactly. The That's the amazing. The story
3: just continue. That's it.
0: Do you get nervous like on Saturday night? Do you get nervous before the fights? Do you feel stress? No, nothing.
3: No, I'm gonna have the um, I'm gonna have the stress just uh, a few days before the side, the good stress to to do a, a great uh, performance, you see? But now, no. Wow. I wish no, I could no, be no. like you.
0: I get nervous about everything.
3: But sometimes, it's, it's, <laughs> a lot of time of my life, people say, no, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you can't be like that. That's not professional. You must be like that. Nah, 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 nah. And now, in my sport, now this is my job, people, exactly reverse this like that's really perfect and I wish to be like you so that's a little different.
0: I know you say that you're not a dreamer but have you been thinking about the fight and the way it might end and is there a scenario that is sort of playing out repeatedly in your mind that you think this fight will end a certain way what do you think
3: Uh, what I think about the fight with Francis yeah uh Honestly, like every time, I really don't know what's gonna be happening. And now we have in the champion, and for me, I got a lot of respect for him because I knew already he's gonna be a champion one day because like I can see, I'm confident of myself of my skills in the him May, like I think I'm yes, I'm gonna do really far, exactly like that I saw in in, uh, in Francis, he's gonna go really far too. So I got a lot of respect for him. This is a really great opponent and a um, really tough opponent. So I don't know exactly what is gonna happen. Seriously, that's that's a really great question. Every time the people ask me that before before a fight, and now is is more harder than than uh, my former fight. I don't know exactly everything is gonna be happening. Everything is gonna be happen. But like every time, I'm confident. I'm not striking yeah. and my footwork. Uh, my grand game, my wrestling game. I'm okay. With, uh,
0: with that. I, I love this so much. My one complaint is I wish this fight was happening in France. It would be very special, obviously, for it to happen in Paris. Uh, could you tell us how big of a deal has this fight been back home? Like, have you been getting a lot of attention, a lot of media, a lot of coverage? Does it feel like people are noticing, wow, there are two huge stars coming out of this country fighting each other for a UFC title. This has never happened.
3: Yes, Uh, the people are a little bit sad about that. Every people, you see, uh, just after the fight,
0: oh, sorry. No problem. Let's go. Let's go, down. sorry.
3: Yeah, Yeah, just after the fight against Derek Lewis, a lot of people, uh, and we talk about that, and I I met a lot of, uh, I don't have the good word, but uh, the government people in France. yeah. For the congratulation, but also for talking about maybe uh, the fight against Francis Ngannou in Paris, and every people, every uh, every light was was in the green. Every people want to do that in France, but it was not possible. So the people are a little bit sad about that. And uh, maybe one day, one day, one yeah. day, one um, yeah. day.
0: Last question for you, Cyril. Uh, there, there was a clip after your Derek Lewis. You know, we just had Derek on the show last week, and he talked about how nervous he was fighting in Houston and, uh, you know, the regret that he has about the fight and everything. And it's interesting that he's going back to Houston next month, to fight uh Tai I don't know if you saw that news, but after the fight, it was posted this clip of you going up to him when he was sitting, he was very sad. And, uh, you know, I did that. you did that, you went up to him and you spoke to him. I guess, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I thought it was really cool. I mean, you're the younger guy, he's the veteran and you're showing him love. I thought it was very cool. What did you say to him in that moment?
3: And I, I say exactly what uh, what my feeling at this moment. Like just, I'm really confused. You are in the front. If you're if you're a fan, but it's gonna be okay. And I like you so much. You have to. You are really funny. I, I like this guy really. <laughs> the Eclavis is So I like really this guy. And just good feeling. Just just the good feeling. Just good feeling. It was very like nice. it's gonna be okay. You 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 you're gonna jump again in the cage and you're gonna do very well and he did it. Yeah. He did it. So, no, it's really not finished. And uh, this is, uh, that's why MMA and UFC is beautiful. It's never finished.
0: For that fight, you walked out to Houston rap. Are we going to walk out to some uh, West Coast rap this time? Some LA rap? What do we got? Tupac?
3: yeah understand already.
0: Oh. I don't know exactly uh which one, but of course I'm gonna it.
3: represent california.
0: I love it of course I love it Cyril uh, you're the man, <laughs> such a pleasure, and I know why they call you bon gamin. It's a perfect nickname for someone like you. uh I wish you nothing but the best on january twenty second Bon courage uh Bon chance, thank you very much and uh it's it's gonna be such a great fight and the way you're handling it all uh with a lot of class says a lot about who you are as a person. So much respect, my friend, and good luck to you on the 22nd of Janvier. You. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's going to be you. It's, it's going to be you. All
3: Thank right, you very much. Take man. Care, man. care,
0: Cyril. Thank you so much for doing this. See I appreciate you. it. There he is, uh, Cyril Gan. What a great guy and a very easy guy to root for, uh, a very likable character. And, yes, it has, uh, it has been a little bit, I, I would presume, a little bit uncomfortable at times. Uh, With the buildup, because a lot of the buildup has really been between um, Fernan Lopez, Francis's former coach, and Francis. And he's kind of been, you know, off to the side, which I'm sure he appreciates and doesn't mind whatsoever. But, uh, you know, we had an interview with uh, Fernan Lopez last week, and he's talking about that footage and whether it was – I mean, obviously, it doesn't look like it was doctored. I mean, it was just a little clip, but uh, it's personal between them. And you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card. It is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions... And current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa. Kasanganay—they did save Patricia Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero, um, Tiago Santos, whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February twenty-fourth, live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view and a zone. That's ESPN Plus pay-per-view or the zone. and the one question that i was asking him about and it's the one question that's going to be on my mind leading up to this fight there's there's a lot going on here with francis leading up to this fight there is a lot going on and it's not just the uh the rivalry with fernan lopez and fernan was on the show uh late last year as well talking about all this but it's uh you know the back and forth and the stuff with the UFC and his contract, and is he a free agent? Is he not a free agent? And if he wins this fight, will he be able to walk away with the belt at the end of the year? And if he loses this fight, does he have to go find a new home? Like, there's just a lot at play here. There's a lot at play. There's a lot on his mind. And sometimes when you're fighting everyone, we have seen this before, when you're at war with not just your opponent, but fellow, you know, you know, whether it's the promoter and the coaches and media, there's a lot going on. Sometimes it doesn't bode well. Very interesting time. Very interesting time in the sport. We have a situation where four of the biggest names in the UFC, by the time this year is over, could be free agents. Francis Ngannou, we've talked about his situation. Nathan Diaz, we've obviously talked about his situation with the one fight left. Conor McGregor with two fights left. Israel Adesanya with a couple fights left. There's also a situation, there's a scenario where none of them leave, where they're all happy and they're all resigning and everything's all well and good really interesting time. And that's a fascinating storyline leading up to that fight. That being a part of the story just makes it even more interesting. One of the more interesting title fights in recent UFC history. It goes down this, uh, not this Saturday, next Saturday, January 22nd, UFC 270 on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Now seventy four ninety nine. by the way, just announced last week, drew the ire of a lot of people going down at the pond in Anaheim. I reached out, by the way, to Andy Foster of the California State Athletic Commission and asked him if the recent strike spike, I should say, of the um, of the COVID virus, Omicron and all that stuff has put this event in doubt or in question, and, and he said no. So that is good news. Now, uh, someone who knows a thing or two about uh, testing the free agent waters and it being very lucrative and very beneficial to him is our next guest. What a great year he had last year, and I'm sure the greatest honor of them all, the greatest accomplishment of the past year was winning the highly prestigious MMA Hour Award for the 2021 Fight of the Year. He has won half of that fight. He is Michael Chandler, and he's kind enough to join us right now. Via the Magic of Zoom, there it is, right? Am I right? Biggest honor? You
4: are. I Biggest honor of my entire life. So wow. thank you so much. No, for no, for real. I, I appreciate it, man. It was uh, it's great, you know, get into the sport. You want big fights. You want to be in, in entertaining fights and uh, get the MMA Hour Award. So wow. appreciate it.
0: I wasn't going to go life. Uh, I was just going year, but fine. If you want to go life, uh, I'll take that as well. By the way, um, is that left ear? Is that bigger than normal? What's going on over there?
4: Oh man, my left ear is always, I was actually, I got my hair cut this morning because I knew I was, I was accepting this award wow. the MMA Hour, okay. Five Year Award. So I got my hair cut at 8.30 this morning. Thank and you. Uh, he's like, hey, how's, how's the hair look up up top? I'm like, length looks good, but if you could just chop this left ear off, that'd oh my be great. Gosh. Uh I always, I always said I'll, I'll never get my ears surgically fixed because I want to keep the cauliflower ear, but the inside and like back of this left ear makes it stick out much further yeah. than the right. So I'll probably take a little bit out of the back, keep the, keep the cauliflower, but just sew it closer to my head because wow. yeah, it does stick out way much. So thanks for bringing it up. No, Appreciate. I
0: mean it just for some reason it's just like <laughs> staring at me. Maybe it's because of the haircut because it's high and tight here, so it's like a lot more pronounced. I don't know what it
4: is. Uh, it's the haircut. Well, that's how we, that's how my barber started talking like, man, I, I always forget how big my ears are until I right. trim down the hair a little bit and then they stick out even more. And then I put these headphones in, which are, I always get, I'm sure people are in the comments right now talking about how my <laughs> head headphones have the hardest job on the planet. And whenever I wear my little Apple, I, or my little Apple AirPod ones are like, oh man, that AirPod's hanging on by a thread. So whatever. These are my ears. Do you,
0: Do you have to get it drained a lot?
4: No, so these are completely hard. And wow. b- and by the way, these are these are actually from college wrestling. I'm, I have not really had a soft, mushy cauliflower ear in the last 13, 14 years since I started fighting. These are all from college wrestling. So whenever anybody asks me, hey, I see your ears, you you must fight. I say, hey, I do fight coincidentally, but I got these from college wrestling. Wow. So I got to get my college wrestling pop- props.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um yes, prob- by the way, uh, a guy named Gregor Gillespie has been talking a lot about your collegiate wrestling days. These uh <laughs> He
4: these, did beat me. He, he did beat me.
0: I mean, like really, I, I have to admit I did not watch the match. Only once you uh you wrestled against him?
4: We only wrestled once, yeah, at NCAA's in two thousand nine. My senior year, I think it was his junior year.
0: Making it seem like he wiped the floor with you. I mean, was it uh was it that one sided? I don't even
4: I don't even remember. Okay. Uh so I mean, I, I don't remember what the score was. Yeah, he beat me pretty handily, but because the unfortunate thing about wrestling is, yeah, you can make one move and then boom, I think you, I ended up on my back. I think I shot in, ended up on my back, gave up a five-point move and then wasn't able to uh, come back. But, you know, he said some choice words, I guess, but he's also, you know, vying for that Tony Ferguson fight or whatever. So I don't really know how I got thrown in the crosshairs, but whatever, dude, good job, Greg, you beat me. You beat me in wrestling.
0: Um, we will talk about all that stuff in a second, but I do want to ask you, cause we spoke to you a week or so removed from that, uh, MSG event where you had that incredible fight against Justin Gaethje. You were still a little bit banged up, but still, you, I mean, you had come an incredible, uh, way since, uh, you know, that night where we saw you go into the, to the ambulance, how long did it take? And maybe it's not yet for you to like fully recover physically from that fight.
4: Uh, it took a while. I mean, we, we had a lot of soft, tissue damage I mean obviously you know the face is always the most telling right Right, but the face luckily heals up pretty quick you know I got some stitches here stitches here um stitches in my lip which those came out in like two days I think those had already come out by the time you and I had our interview like five days later Uh um and uh really just soft tissue damage I mean obviously there's no no doubt I took a lot of leg kicks so my left leg was was pretty beat up my right foot from the leg kicks that I landed on Justin Gaethje, my right foot, right ankle is still a little bit creaky when I wake up in the morning. Wow. Um, so, uh, but I mean, it was, it was probably six weeks total to where I felt like I was able to really, really train a hundred percent again. Um, and then, yeah, man, just, uh, more than that, just getting pulling myself out of training camp, out of the crazy hustle and bustle of the hours and hours a day, six days a week. Um, staying up on my rehab staying up on my prehab and all that kind of stuff. And body feels great, but just needed a little bit of time off. Uh,
0: How many times have you watched the fight start to finish?
4: Uh, Probably three or four, not a ton. I I don't think I've watched it probably in a month, month and a half. You know, I think I probably watched it a couple of times that first month or so whenever I was kind of really just kind of chilling to get my body some, some rest. Now that I've been out and about and hustling and bustling, just been busy doing other things, but I've seen a lot of highlights, obviously, with all the awards that right. have been going out and stuff, um, Been seeing a lot of highlights on social medias, but not, not, not full-on all 15 minutes.
0: And just curious, I mean, obviously, we know that when you're training for a fight, when you're in fight camp, you're in Florida, you're at Sanford, um, but that's not your home. Your home is in Nashville, I do believe. And so when you're home, how—I mean, you're always in incredible shape, and I know you're always training, but like, how seriously are you training?
4: Uh, right now, just, just, uh, not, not serious at all. I mean, obviously, you know, when I'm in training camp, it's, it's two, three times a day sometimes. Um, and I mean, right now I don't, I won't do more than one workout a day. If I do do a, a mixed martial arts training, I might do some cardio that day. Um, but really a lot of, a lot of, a lot of between training camps is, is cardio, strength additioning, rebuild some of the muscle that I muscle wasted during, you know, the cut, you know, for me, mm-hmm. I, got to cut a decent amount of weight. And to do that, I have to calorie restrict and ramp up my cardio, lose a little bit of muscle mass. So I try to put on a little bit more muscle mass, continue to strengthen the joints and, and all that uh, between training camps. And then I have a gym here in town called Nashville May. So I got a stable of guys that I train with here. Um, I should be making it down to Florida here very soon to get back around my, my team to get back to, you know, my, my, my homeostasis, my, oh. my feeling of home. Not not to go into a training camp, but just go down there for a couple of days, see the boys, train a little bit, see coaches, and get after it.
0: All right, so let's talk about what could potentially be next. I had heard some rumblings of of Tony. Was there any truth to that?
4: Tony is Tony's an interesting cat, man. <laughs> I mean, I where are we at now? Uh, what do you mean? We're in January, so what, we're eight, ten weeks removed from the fight? Yeah. Ten weeks removed from the fight, maybe, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, as we just said, it took me – six weeks to recover from the last one to actually stop hobbling around. Um, And then, yeah, I I heard something last week. He wanted to fight me in February, which was uh, what a five week notice, you know? So unfortunately the guy, the guy will say, and you, you, you follow the sport, you know, whenever a guy says, Hey, I want to fight this guy, but I want more money, or I want to fight this guy, but it's gotta be on this date. I want to fight this guy, but it's gotta be at this weight. When you add these little caveats and asterisks, are you really asking for the fight? Or are you only doing it on your, your terms or in a scenario where, you know, a guy's not ready to fight. I'm not ready to fight in February. It's less than, you know, it's five weeks away. So yeah, there was some rumblings he was tweeting and then him and Gregor were tweeting and, you know, Twitter's a place where people, you know, talk. Um, So I would love to fight Tony, but he's, you know, we got to do it on a normal, a normal time for election up to speed. I signed with the promotion, the UFC in September um, got offered the October 24th card. Tony's name was on that list. He declined. Then I made way to October 24th, and then three weeks later, he said he wanted to fight me in December, which I was—I pulled myself out of training camp. wasn't ready to go back into a training camp, and then went all over social media and said that I turned down a fight and wouldn't fight him, and I was afraid of him. But once again, it was a short notice Tony type of offer, right? It's got a, a Tony shaped bow on top of the the offer, right? So um tony is tony and uh i respect the guy love love the way that he fights would love to fight him. would love to share the octagon with him but it's got to be on a normal time frame everybody knows what a normal time frame is you need eight ten weeks to train for a fight i take this sport very seriously i take these fights very seriously so no i'm not going to fight a guy on five weeks notice um just you know saying yes to a fight eight or ten weeks after a previous fight which got the prestigious mma mma hour fight of the year award and you can't do that without getting into a little bit of damage. So that's where we're at.
0: So to be clear though, if it's, I guess, maybe April, like you tell me the month you are interested in this fight and fighting Tony Ferguson. It's just that, that, you know, proposed February timeframe didn't work for you. Correct.
4: I'm dipping to a a Tony fight. I think Tony, I think a Tony fight checks a lot of the boxes that that I'm looking for. I mean, I've just had such a crazy ride the last 16 months. I mean, even re- even rewind all the way back to March of 2020 when I'm going, I go to New York for the uh, press conference for my last fight on my Bellator contract. Mm-hmm. That fight finally gets pushed back and finally gets scheduled after the COVID stuff in August. So I was in camp for six months. Then I had two weeks off, signed with the UFC, then, then weighed in in October, then fought in January, beat Dan Hooker, then fought for the title in May, and then fought Justin Gaethje in November. You know, so it's, I've, I need a little bit of time off. I'm not the kind of guy who's lazy. I'm not the kind of guy who's who's always asking and, and always adding little caveats to when I'm going to fight and who I'm going to fight. Tony is definitely a guy that that checks a lot of the boxes. Um, but there's a lot of different, you know, a couple different guys that I w- I would love to fight. At, at this point, I'm I'm sitting back, licking my wounds physically from the fight. Um, I feel phenomenal. I'm excited about 2022. I think 2022 is going to be a, a huge year for myself and the company as a whole. So. Um, Tony is definitely a guy on that list, and uh, you know we'll see. It's just got to be on a, a, a normal a normal time frame. Uh, yeah, definitely sometime this early summer.
0: Realistically, who is at the very top of that list?
4: I mean, there's a couple guys. I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys in that that make a lot of sense. As we've talked in the past, Connor makes a lot of sense. He the timeline works out well. He's coming back around the time that I want to come back. I'm not going to sit here and say that I, you know, that's number one on the list. He makes sense. Tony Ferguson makes sense. Dustin Poirier makes sense. Nathan Diaz makes sense. Um, you know, I uh, there's a, there's a lot of guys. There's a couple of guys ranked ahead of me. A lot of them are are tied up. You got you got uh, Makachev and uh, Dariush already scheduled. You got Gaethje who thinks he's fighting Oliveira next. Connor could back could come back. Skip the entire line. Who who knows what's going to happen? I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Um, so you know, I mean. Tony's been the only one that, that has, uh, you know, reached out to us or, or said anything to us publicly. Um, but, you know, those are a couple of the names on the list. I mean, I want, I want a big, I want some big fights. I want some exciting fights, some fights that the fans are going to want to buy the pay-per-view for or travel to go to, sit, put their butts in the seats in some arena somewhere. Um, but either way, we, the lightweight division is still the most exciting division in the, in, on the planet and in the promotion in the world. So I'm excited about the opportunities.
0: I know that you say that, you know, you you want some time off, but you also do like to be relatively active. If they said to you, hypothetically, like, hey, we do want you to fight Conor next, but it has to be in, let's just say, August, because, you know, he snapped his ankle in July. He needs 13 months to come back. Would you be okay waiting until August, meaning you probably are only fighting once in 2022, or would that not—obviously, Conor is the perfect scenario. He's the biggest star in the history of the sport, but that's a long— ways away how would you feel about that
4: um yeah i mean that would be a, it would be a tough decision if it was that far off but i mean i am a busy guy i got a lot of stuff going on outside of just fighting and that's that's the way i like to operate um a lot of different business stuff going on a lot of different real estate stuff going on um adding some speaking stuff that i'm doing so i'm a i'm a busy guy outside of just training and of course fitness for me is a lifestyle it's not that's not just because i'm a mixed martial artist i love to stay in shape um, I just met Andrew Hall today at, from Arsenal Strength. We're building out this Arsenal Strength Iron Paradise in my backyard right now with a podcast studio and oh. pool house and all that kind of cool stuff. So we're, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of irons in the fire. I would have no problem waiting until August um, if that was the right opportunity or if that was the right scenario. Um, but as you said, I do like to stay off, um, I do like to stay busy. As we as we just said, I fought January, May, and November of twenty uh, twenty one. And two of those fights, you know, were up for the honors of the of the year. So I'm very happy with my road inside the UFC thus far, and that's what I said right away. I was going to come in with my work boots on, and I was going to say yes to every opportunity, and that's really what I did. Um, so we'll see as the opportunities come, and as they as they present itself, and as the as the division irons itself out, we'll see where I fit in.
0: Uh, by the way, motivational speaking, or the speaking that you talked about, very interesting to me, because we have often said with you, like, you are the perfect guy to do that sort of thing. Can you tell us about that? What are you going to be doing? Because I feel like this is a, this is a layup for you.
4: I don't know, you know. I don't know about perfect. You know, I definitely have a lot of, uh, I think, uh, you know, I mean, if you and me are sitting here, we could talk for hours, and we, yeah. can, we can come up with different things, and you ask me questions. I mean, speaking on a stage and making people feel something on a stage in front of, you know, a 1000 people or a 100,000 people, no matter what the difference is, you know, you have to have a clear, concise message, you have to have it practiced and planned out and rehearsed and and ready, and then ready for what may go right or go wrong. I mean, my, my network of people that I have around me, some really, really great influential speakers and business people and authors, um, who I've just been blessed to have in my, in my, my network of people, we you know, we're putting some things together for 2022, me getting on some stages and, and doing some more speaking. I've done some in the past at churches, at men's groups, at other business conferences and stuff, and just enjoying the ride. You know, um, I think I do have a lot of uh, a lot of messaging that that resonates with a lot of people, especially the small guy from a small town who was taught to do small things. And I know I've said it a thousand times, and people are probably sick of hearing it. But I think we all have a small guy from a small town inside of us um, that holds us back, and we got to get really good at duct taping and duct taping his mouth shut so we don't hear it. Um, so. We'll see. I think 2022, I I start to dive into that more um, because that's been something that's been on my heart. And I've been thinking about for a while. I just 2021 was too dang busy. 2020, we had no idea what was going on. Um, The year before that, I was still focused on winning the world title. So still focused on winning a world title, still focused on huge fights inside the UFC, but also focused on continuing to impact people outside of just punches, kicks, knees and elbows.
0: I love that. I think it'd be perfect for that. I want to ask you about back in December, we saw Charles Oliveira fight Dustin Poirier. And uh, you were quite critical of Mr. Poirier afterwards about the way that fight ended. Do you still feel the same way? Because I think you may have said afterwards that it was a little harsh in retrospect. And I know some people kind of came after you, including your old foe, uh, Mr. Pitbull. Uh, You were critical about the, the finish of that fight. Do you still feel the same way?
4: Um I do feel the I do feel the same way. Um Yeah, I mean rule number 1 uh, if you're going to come come after somebody don't come after one of the good guys in the sport. You know, that's 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 that's, that's when you get the backlash. You know, it's yeah. it's easy to criticize guys who make uh right. questionable decisions, but a guy like Dustin Poirier who does charity work and he's got a you know, he's an upstanding citizen and never says a crossword word about too many people, which we'll get to that in a minute, but um you know, yeah, I I do think the hardest and I and I even saw like Sean O'Malley a, a couple Two weeks ago or something, talk about, you know, hey, you, you should just tap because there's no, you know, when it's locked in that that much, there's no, there should be no ego involved. You know it's over, you should just tap. And I think the hardest part about a choke, now you get knocked out, you lose, you lose your wits, you don't know which way's up, which way's down, you get finished. That's one thing. But when a choke goes in, it's really up to the guy who's being choked on whether or not that choke gets fully, fully finished. He taps, he goes completely out unconscious. Um, so it's really hard in the, and there's really nobody that knows how tight a choke is. You know, I've been in some chokes where the whole entire arena is closing in and I somehow get out of it. I've never been submitted in my career Not to say that I won't, you know, anything can happen, but I think sometimes you just have to be willing to go a little bit further and then those chokes come out. So the reason I was critical of Dustin Poirier has been his dismissal and just downright disrespect of of me when I came into the. Into the UFC, into the UFC lightweight division. Whenever me and even after Dustin made the decision that he didn't want to fight for the UFC title, and he wanted to hold out for the money fight against Conor, when me and Oliveira were next in line and we decided that we said yes and we were going to fight. Instead of just saying, "Hey, I decided to fight Conor. Let these guys fight for the title," he called, you know, he called the title "fools gold," and I think that was part of it. My only regret from. in oh, fool's gold somewhere uh, because that's what he called the title that Charles Oliveira won and then Charles Oliveira went out there and finished him and now we have to sit back and all keep our mouths shut about who Charles Oliveira is unless we decide to say that he is the best fighter on the planet at 155 pounds he's our undisputed lightweight champion and uh I think Dustin Poirier ate his words that night uh,
0: so you, we actually lost you there for a quick second you said your only regret was what it was a tremendous answer oh, shoot. your only regret was and then I lost you
4: Oh man, an opportune time. No, my only regret was that I didn't type in "fools gold" somewhere in that statement because that was exactly what Dustin Poirier called gotcha. the title that me and Charles Oliveira fought for. Dustin Poirier decided to take the money fight against Connor, which don't blame him whatsoever. But that's a decision that you make. So don't so don't go ahead and just discredit the guys who are fighting for the title. Um, and called the title fool's gold. So the guy, the fool's gold champion, Charles Oliveira, went out there and finished Dustin Poirier, which is just a little bit ironic. Um, And so that's what I said.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Nathan Diaz. I know he's been sort of flirting with Dustin, but he's got his contract issues. I would love to see you versus Dustin at some point in 2022. You got the feeling last January when you guys were in Abu Dhabi, like there was some tension there between you guys when you were on the same card. He beats Connor, you beat Hooker. Where does that tension stem from?
4: I don't, actually, I don't know if there was much tension there at that point in time. I mean, you got to rewind back to uh, my last fight. My last fight in Bellator was August of 20, I don't know, 2020, whatever. I'm losing the track of the years these days. Um, And it was the first time that we met each other, shook each other's hands, both said that we were both, you know, fans of each other's fight style and the way that we approach the sport and respect. And it was almost when I came into the UFC, of course, I become a competitor of his and then his tune, you know, changed and, and which is completely fine. We're all here fighting for the same thing. He's fighting for UFC gold. I'm fighting to to get the UFC gold. That's where we want to be. Um, so I get that. And even during that fight, it was, you know, I think there was mutual respect. And then he got on the, you know, during that press conference, if, if the UFC wants me to fight Chandler, I'm not going to do it. Um, You know, he hasn't earned it basically. Mm-hmm. And I completely get that. I came into the UFC, Offered Tony Ferguson, he said no. offered Dustin Poirier, they said no. So I back, I was the backup in October. Um and then even after that, we offered Tony, he said no. We offered Poirier, he said no, um, rightfully so, because he was gonna fight Connor. So I so Dan Hooker was the first guy or the, the guy who finally stepped up and I fought him January 23rd, kind of on like a four. I was already in training camp knowing I was training for that date, but it was on a, like a four or five week notice. Um, but I was already training, so it was all good. So um I don't know, man. I think it was uh, – I get why he didn't want to fight me at that point because I hadn't, quote-unquote, proven myself. But now I've been in the UFC now for over a year, won a couple of awards, been in a couple of big fights, uh, fought for the title, fell short, fought Justin Gaethje, fell short. Maybe now that I've got a, a loss or two um, under my belt in the UFC, maybe maybe he's changed his tune and he sees a path to to go out there and fight me, beat me, um, and want to fight me, but who knows.
0: Will you feel – incomplete will you feel regretful if by the end of your career you don't become a UFC champion do you think this will eat you inside if you don't become a UFC champion
4: I think right now right now I say yes but my goal and hope is that I continue moving forward and continue to build myself up build my build my Self worth up enough to where I when I lay those gloves down in the middle of that UFC octagon had having not won the UFC title if that's the case that I will at that moment be accepting of it because I know I've done everything that I possibly could listen if I'm not if I was not destined to be the UFC champion it wasn't because I didn't try my hardest it wasn't because I wasn't absolutely disciplined in everything that I did it wasn't because I made the requisite sacrifices to become a UFC champion it just wasn't in the cards but right now I say yes it it would feel incomplete but my goal is that future Michael who does lay his gloves down for the last time and decides to retire that I'll realize that that chapter is over the sun will rise the next day and we'll move on to bigger and better things outside of fighting in a in an octagon fighting in hand-to-hand combat that will probably most likely have a much bigger impact than fighting inside the octagon will.
0: You know, I talked about before you came on the show about how this could be a huge year for uh, some potential free agents in our sport. You're the best case study of, hey, fight out your contract. There could be a a massive pot of gold and great new opportunities waiting for you. But it's, it's, it's a weird thing, free agency, in our particular sport, because it almost doesn't apply to everyone, right? Those same rules don't – like for some people, it's actually smarter not to test the market. For others, it is smart to test the market. Would you advocate that people in your position all test the market, all try to bet on themselves? Because you could lose that last fight. Your leverage goes down. You know how the game is played. Like what would be your message to someone who is thinking, should I or shouldn't I?
4: Well, it's hard because, I mean, now from the position that I sit, the best decision I made in my professional career was testing free agency from Bellator
0: right. to have
4: the opportunity to go to the UFC. Now, I did hear you at the very – as I came on in the, in the green room, the their virtual green room, yeah. uh, I heard you talking about Diaz and Connor and Ngannou um, and some of these guys. These guys understand um, that the UFC is the biggest promotion. They don't quite understand how great of a promotion the UFC is because a lot of them, it's it's all that they know. It's all that Connor knows. Mm. It's all that Francis knows. It's all that Nate Diaz really knows. They don't quite know how much better the UFC is than every other organization, how much better they are treated from a medical standpoint, from a promotion standpoint, from a platform standpoint, from a a legitimate business standpoint. Uh, Me being outside of the UFC and coming into the UFC, I have the luxury of understanding the difference between other fight promotions and the UFC. Now the landscape also has changed. Do I think, I mean, you got Tyson Fury talking about fighting Francis and could Francis and go make tens of millions of dollars boxing. That to me is the biggest, that's the biggest free agent dangling of the carrot more so than any other mixed martial arts promotion. There's no other mixed martial arts promotion on the planet that will give you platform and financial gain than the UFC. And I've I've seen that, I've watched that. Um and I'm extremely excited to be a part of the UFC. You know, I said when I signed when I signed with before I signed with Dana White, uh, when I had my first phone call with him, and whether you agree or other people agree or disagree, I say I said, listen, Dana, I've signed a lot of checks in the last 13 years and not one of them have had your name on them, but indirectly your name has been on every single check that I have cashed in the last 13 years because you built the industry. The UFC built the sport and made it a worldwide world, world known, um, sport and organization. So that's, that's my belief and my, my experience is going to be different than a lot of people's, but that's, that's been my experience thus far. And the UFC has not disappointed whatsoever and, uh, I've enjoyed it. So it's a hard decision and it's also a hard perspective because I think these guys are in the UFC, not quite knowing how great the UFC is because it's all that they know.
0: By the way, that's a fantastic line. I agree with the line, by the way. I'm able to separate, I'm able to be unbiased and you are 100% right in what you said about him being indirectly attached to it. And I wouldn't be surprised if that sealed the deal because it's just a tremendous line. So well done, Michael, well done.
4: <laughs> Thank uh, you. Well, hey, the good? Well, the, I, I did tell a guy one time, he's like, man, that was the best sales pitch I ever heard, man. You must have got it. And I was like, dude, it wasn't a sales pitch. And one of the main pillars of sales is the first sale is to yourself. I truly believe that, and maybe some people are going to say me, you know, brown noser, yeah, and they're going to bring up definitely. Dana White privilege and all that kind of stuff. But business is business, and good business is better than bad business. And and I've always made myself a really good employee and made myself an indispensable asset. Therefore, I've continued to climb the ladder and trying to do that inside the UFC right now as well. So,
0: two last quick ones, and I'll let you go. And by the way, I love the touch of the uh, of of the fireplace. Right next to your right shoulder. I mean it's just so cozy. Did you put that on for us or is it just always playing in your house?
4: No, well I was I was freezing earlier actually. That's why I put on my I put on my okay. sweatshirt and uh yeah, I kicked the fire on and I turned the heat on because I was cold earlier for some reason. But yeah, I know. Um it's just nice. Yeah, that was it, my wife's my wife's design.
0: It's it's beautiful. She's a great designer. I mean the whole the whole background here is fantastic. I want you to come to my or at least her come to my house to fix things up over there. Is she an interior design? No, she's a doctor. What she's just good at these things, yeah. apparently.
4: She just good. Yeah, she just good. She knows what she likes and <laughs> she likes nice things. <laughs> so Amen. we, uh, yeah, it, it gets me in trouble sometimes or gets us in trouble. So I got to keep on working hard, but no, it's good. We, uh, yeah, she designed this place and it's pretty great.
0: God bless. Um, okay, two predictions and I'll let you go. Number one, and we're, we won't hold you to it, but you know, prediction time, beginning of the year. Who's the lightweight champion of the UFC come December 31st,
4: 2022? Man, if I don't say myself, I don't say it myself, but I mean, say it. Say I do it. You think can say it. I, yeah, no, I, I think that that's my plan. Okay. My plan is in one year, be the UFC lightweight champion. Um, I think there's a, there's a path. One fight away from, from Friday for the title. I mean, you got the, the most obvious choice um, right now is Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. I think the entire, mixed martial arts community would probably love to see me run that back. Of course, there's other guys that up, that people would love to see, but those are two guys that I've already fought, already had great fights with, and if either of those guys are holding the championship by the end of the year, how am I not mm-hmm. fighting them? And then again, and then even more so, how am I not beating them? So that's my that's my prediction.
0: By the way, side note, who wins that fight in your opinion?
4: Mm, go, man. I think... I think Olivera might win that fight, man. Wow. I'm telling you, there was a, there's been a maturation process that we've watched. There's been a, you know, we, we've always, you know, we, we look at Charles Olivera. He's had a spotty pass, a couple ups. He's had a lot more downs than a lot of people, a lot of losses. You know, a lot of those at 145, missed, missed weight, um, given up on himself, quit on himself. That's been one of the things he saw. We saw that against me. He didn't give up on himself. Uh, we saw that against Dustin, he kept the pressure on him, finished him. Um, I think Gaethje, obviously, the best way Gaethje wins that fight, it, it goes out there and just Gaethjes him and uh, gets into a, a brawl. And I will say, Justin Gaethje is harder to take down with his stance, with the way that he drops his his level and his head is always in between you and and him. In wrestling, we talk about the couple different um, levels of defense, and the, your he- your head is always the, the first level of defense uh, in wrestling, Justin Gaethje lowers his head so much, closes his eyes and swings that it's hard to get underneath him to get to his legs. So I think Olivera is going to have a harder time taking him down than he thinks, but I do think Olivera might actually have the edge in that fight.
0: Last prediction. Um, you versus who and when, when's, when's the next time we see you, who do you think it is and when?
4: There you go, man. I mean, sometime this early summer, um, after I give myself some much needed time off, And I think at this point, I think as we've said, it's, it's a long shot that we see Connor. Um, but I think it's Connor or Ferguson.
0: Okay. Wow. Tremendous. Always great to catch up. Or Nate Diaz or Nate or Nate Diaz. Diaz. If Nate Diaz
4: or Nate, me and Nate, nobody's ever talked about me and Nate Diaz fighting, but for some reason I'm like, I feel like me and Nate Nate Diaz should probably share the share the octagon at some point. And obviously he wants, I know he's got some, he's got some, you know, his contracts coming to a close. He's, looking at fighting Poirier. That's a fight that he said he wants, but then he called the UFC and he, the UFC said Poirier sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that tweet was genius. Right, right. It was great. Uh, but uh yeah. So we'll throw Nate Diaz's name in the in the hat and I'd love to fight at one seventy instead of one fifty five, I'll tell you that much.
0: Oh my gosh. Permanently or just a one off with Nate?
4: Oh well definitely if when I if I when I fight Diaz it's gonna be at one seventy for sure. Okay. Um but yeah man, I mean I've been competing in the 150s since I was a senior in high school. I wrestled 152, then wrestled 157 in college for five years. Now I've been fighting at 155. I graduated high school at 160, graduated college at like 172. Now I'm like 190 and I'm still cutting down to the 150s. So that 150 something is not very fun. Um, health-wise, it's one of the one of the things that makes it hard for this. It, one of the things that makes it hard in this sport. Not only are you taking damage with the the actual nature of fighting hand to hand combat, but me getting myself down to the 150s is not easy. You know, when I got done with this last fight, I said, you know, I don't really necessarily I don't want to make 155 unless it was Connor or for a title. Um obviously I lost that fight. I'm not fighting for the title next. And you know, Connor could be a long shot at this point, but I would love to, you know, fight him. But we'll see what happens. I definitely don't want to make 155, but I I am a man of my word and I signed a contract at 155 pounds. So We'll see how it, all, how it all shakes out.
0: Tremendous stuff, as always, Mike. Thank you so much for the time. Congrats on a great year. Uh, all the best to you and your family in 2022, and uh, looking forward to what's next. And keep us posted on those, uh, those speaking engagements as well.
4: You got it, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, there he is, the one and only Michael okay. Chandler. Always a great chat, always a great interview, and uh, wow, a lot of nuggets there. Uh, the 170 stuff is super fascinating. Uh, of course... Uh, those names that he mentioned, I mean, I feel like he's in the running for a potential Connor fight, a potential Tony Ferguson fight. You can make a very strong case for that uh, Nathan Diaz fight. You can make a very strong case for the Dustin Poirier fight. Go back. I remember that whole thing. It was in Abu Dhabi, and uh, they had that little, like, hey, good fight, good fight, and then Poirier went to the press conference. Now, I think a lot of it stemmed from the fact that he was having those issues. And uh, the UFC said, hey, you know, Mike, you come in. And I think he resented that. Nevertheless, there's there's a backstory there. It's fascinating stuff. So I'm really curious to see who they call upon for him next. And it doesn't sound like we'll see him fight anytime soon. Um, he said early summer, late springish. Gregory Greg Gillespie versus Tony would be an interesting one. Tony has been a lot more vocal. I've reached out to Tony multiple times to try to come on. He's a tough one to get, as you guys know. Um, a very tough one to get on the program, but it would be nice to uh, to see how he's doing, uh, most importantly, and to see uh, how he's feeling and his thoughts on the the state of his career and where he's at right now. So I uh, I am curious about that, but it seems as though he's interested in that Chandler fight, just that date didn't work. February would be a really quick turnaround, right? February would be super quick. Um, all right, let me see here. <laughs> uh, I got a text here. We're going to be joined by Mark Hunt in a matter of seconds, but I got a, a text here uh, from someone close to, Okay, actually, no, I won't do it. Um, got a text here from someone close to Kevin Holland who said that, speaking of breaking, Kevin Holland is breaking his fight news on his OnlyFans. Now, what's what's the proper protocol? This individual is telling me what the announcement is, but that doesn't seem fair to Kevin Holland. I mean, it's going to get out, but am I taking away? Oh, let me see. I'm going to send a, a voice note. Am I taking away from his OnlyFans if I then say this was posted on his OnlyFans? You know what I mean? Because, like, he's posting... By the way, Kevin Holland has an OnlyFans, in case you didn't hear the news. I think they were on his shorts when he did the, the Fury grappling. But then the whole point of the OnlyFans, isn't that to go on there and get people to pay? And it seems like it's transitioning from just being sort of a, you know... Type of th- oh, okay, so he already announced it. So he's fighting Cowboy Lavera on, on March 5th. I, this this was sent to me at uh, one thirteen. All right, well, okay. Thank you, Shaheen. Thank you, Mike. It, this was sent to me at uh, one thirteen. So one of the actual best parts of doing this show, one of my favorite parts of doing this show, is that I am not on Twitter for like three and a half hours. I, I love, it, it gives me like this mental break. And so I, I have to catch up afterwards. So there you have it. Kevin Holland returning uh, against Cowboy Lavera March 5th. The only found announcement had something to do with him on a horse, apparently. Okay, very interesting. All right, I'm really looking forward to this. As I said at the top of the show, I am uh, I am a huge fan of Mark Hunts. He has been on the program several times. We dubbed him the KFC King. He's an absolute legend of the game. And it's been a while since I spoke to him. And he's been in the news as of late, his ongoing lawsuit uh, against the UFC and Brock Lesnar. And uh, he's an absolute legend. And he's a gent. And he's always you know, kind enough and willing to wake up early over there. It's 7.08 a.m. in Sydney, Australia at the moment on Tuesday morning. And he is... Uh, he is never you know against the idea of waking up and doing the program, so it's a great honor as always to have the legendary super Samoan Mark Hunt on the program. There he is, my my old friend, the KFC King. How are you,
5: Mark? <clears throat> What's happening Eric? How are you? Mer- What's happening, mermaid? <laughs> uh,
0: yes, it's been a long time since I heard you call me the mermaid. Uh, I'm doing great. I do want to let the world know as well that we're being joined by your lawyer, Christina Denning. She's also on the line via audio only. Christina, are you there?
6: I sure am. Okay. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon to you, too. And so uh, obviously there's some sensitive legal Topics to discuss here, and uh, you know, you suggested Mark to have Christina on uh, because I I don't believe you are a lawyer yourself. You are a tremendous fighter to maybe uh, clear up some of those things. So uh, I I trust you're doing well, Mark. Everything good in your life over there in Australia?
5: Yeah, man. I think I think the whole world is going through this COVID stuff. It's uh, everything's really good to be honest. Um, Yeah.
0: By the way, before we get into all the legal stuff, uh, only one combat fight since you left the ufc and that was against that like he was like a somewhat of a celebrity it was in a boxing match a couple of years ago now it was 2020 so a little over a year ago late 2020 uh are you done fighting or are you still open to fighting
5: well i'm done fighting i uh it's uh, you know I, I i think i lost a passion a long time ago when i filed this lawsuit against the ufc uh you know they took their passion away from me to be honest but um yeah the only fight i had was since I left the UFC, it was a boxing match. I couldn't get another match uh, anywhere. I, I don't think any company would uh, pick me up because of this lawsuit. To be honest,
0: do you think you were blackballed because of it by some of the major
5: promotions here in North America? Oh, definitely. I, I, I mean, why wouldn't you hire someone as good as me? Right. <laughs> I mean, such a good-looking guy. Such a great fighter. I mean, <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you hire someone like me? I mean, uh, you know, a, I think I got blacklisted. To be honest, I couldn't get a match anywhere. Wow! And uh, the only match I got was back here at home in Sydney against um, uh, Paul Gallen, who's an ex footy player. You know, um, it was a, it was actually the most fun I've had in a long, long time competing because it was on my terms. Even though I'd lost the match, um, it was a great. Um, I had fun. It was it was like uh, like when I first started competing and fighting a long time ago. It was it was actually a great adrenaline rush.
0: Wow. And so why didn't you continue? Like, there aren't other boxing matches to be had in Australia where you can, you know, keep those good vibes rolling?
5: Well, the the, the money wasn't, uh, you know, the money was great for that match, but I don't think there's, I mean, you'd have to get someone, you know, to pay that sort of money again, to be honest. And, you know, it's, uh, training for camps costs a lot. And it was, you know, like I said, it's uh, getting a lot harder to keep training. I mean, I... would I do a lot more time spending time with the kids. It's a lot more fun, um, you know, chasing the kids around, teaching them how to ride a bike.
0: Right, no, I hear <laughs> you on that. So
5: so instead of chasing around some other dude in the ring, you know? <laughs> I feel
0: you, I feel you. Um, I've never done the, the the chasing the dude around in the ring part, but I have done the kids part, and it's a lot of fun. I totally understand where you're coming from. So you are officially done. You will not fight again.
5: Well, no, no, I didn't have, uh, I, I was uh, organized to fight someone else. I think Spong. But uh I just like I said if I'm not going to be putting 100% in it. Um I'm not going to do it. I mean I uh just wasn't happy yeah, the 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 drive for fighting was gone because of this this uh, this lawsuit. It's just so annoying.
0: Okay. So and by the way have you announced that yet? I know you're you're no spring chicken as far as your retirement, but I have not seen you like officially say that anywhere. Am I wrong?
5: Well, I, I'm not announcing cuz I've still got one fight left.
0: You do have one fight left. Where?
5: Yeah. And it's, it's happening right now. It's, it's their battle against the UFC in court.
0: Okay.
7: That's, the, that's
5: the only fight that ever mattered. That really matters, to be honest. The fight for equality against these, uh, you know, I'm not even going to go into a crazy round. I'm, I'm just saying that the fight against the UFC to making it equal for these fighters. I mean, the fight against cheaters in, in the sport. Fair that's enough. the last fight I've got.
0: I Okay, I totally understand where you're coming from. I want to ask Christina uh, because I want her to describe this in the, the most accurate way. And legal way possible. Uh, could you tell us the status of, uh, you know, this fight that Mark is in right now with the UFC and, and, and Brock Lesnar, Christina?
6: Sure. The appeal was won and the opinion came out late last year. Uh, the case is now back at the district court level and open back up. Uh, the UFC and Brock Lesnar are to file their answers to the complaint later this month. And then as of mid-late February of, uh, of this year, we will have a discovery plan in place to move forward with things like depositions to further work up the case. Right now, there are four causes of action alive on the complaint. Those causes of action are for battery, fraud, aiding and abetting, and civil conspiracy. So that's where we're at right now.
0: Now, uh, there were some stories that came out recently, Christina, and we, we have the... Wow, that's a great toy. I'd love to have that, Mark, on my desk, if I'm being honest. You've yeah, got all
5: those toys in there. Where's my
0: toy? I don't have a Super Samoan here. I can't believe this. What do we no, have I'm gonna
5: put all the, I'm going to put all my toys in front of this so we can have a battle.
0: I, I love this. This is incredible. <laughs> well, no one's ever actually gone tit for tat with me. Uh, oh, you've got... Uh, <laughs> who's that? Vanderlei Silva? That's a pride one. Wow, that's cool. Um, there you
5: go. Let's battle it out now. <laughs> you haven't even got my story in front I would love, I would you love it. T- t- no one... t- going,
0: Come on. I'm sorry. I'm, s- I'm going to rectify this, Mark. But uh, I do want to and ask. Your
5: favorite fighter hand, You, you got are. Of me, you so are a on. legend.
0: I had a picture of you. you I have, have, have a picture of you somewhere. It. I should have. I should have brought it out. Anyway, we will rectify this. I promise. Where's my
5: one? Jeez. You're right.
0: You're right. You're right. Christina, there were some stories that came out last week that Mark has to pay $400,000 in legal fees. Is this accurate?
6: This is old news. Uh, That was a ruling by the court in connection with the motion to dismiss, which is at the underlying level before we even appealed. So the status of that is really unknown right now and up in the air. Uh, We're talking about an order from the court preceding the appellate ruling.
0: Okay, so, and just in layman's terms, Uh, So old news meaning what? It it, it was something that he was asked to do and doesn't have to do anymore or did already. What do you mean by that?
6: Okay, it was in connection with the case when it was still at the district court level. The UFC and Brock Lesnar filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, which was granted. And that is what, what was appealed. In connection with the granting of that motion, the UFC filed a motion for an award of attorney's fees which the district court did did rule in favor of the UFC and ordered Mark to pay those fees. But we appealed that ruling. So I really can't say where, that, where that's gonna end up because now we're back down at the district court. And when I say that's old news, this is an order for Mark to pay those fees. That's almost a year old. Understood. And so right now it's resurfacing and I really can't comment on where that's going but I can tell you that it's not a new order from the district court.
0: Mark, how do you feel about, and thank you so much for that explanation, Christina, how do you feel about where things currently stand? Are you confident that justice will prevail in your point of view? Are you confident in in the current status of this lawsuit?
5: Well, I. it's kind of, kind of sad that it's got to this point, to be honest, I think five or six years later, I mean, in this whole incident, the only person that didn't do anything wrong was me. The only good thing about this lawsuit is, 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 is has been Christina. The only thing. Everything else has been, uh, um, uh, how should I explain it? Uh, bullshit, to be honest. I mean, the truth here is they cheated, Lesnar cheated, and yet I'm the one sitting here on, 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 on and, and lost six years of my, well, the rest of my career. That I could have fought a few more contracts, and uh, you know people complain about me whining about it. And I'm like, they they've been doing this for a long, long time. They've been doing this for over 20 years. Results coming back after fights um, It's just ridiculous. So if I'm the only one here that's done nothing wrong, so where's the recourse for this? This couldn't, this can't be the answer. Me just getting screwed, and they keep doing it to every other fighter. That's the problem. It's not just my fight, this fight is just for everyone else that, that, that's that's been cheated out of a position. Do you feel I mean, um they have guys like Vince, Jeff Davinsky in there working for the UFC now? The golden rat or snitch or whatever he was, and he's the one that caught Lance Armstrong. Now he's working for those idiots. I mean, it's sad because you look at the fighters, but I but I feel that people are starting to realize now. They're starting to realize and see that. That um, what's happening and what's been happening for a long, long time is this company is just a bunch of crooks.
0: Uh, do you feel like you are getting support from the MMA community, from fellow fighters? Because you say you are not just fighting for yourself here; you're fighting for the others. Do you feel like you are getting support, or do you feel well, like you're I on can't?
5: I can't tell fighters to come and join the cause because they've got, they've all got bills and mortgages to pay. Because I understand the situation. You know, it's not up to them to just give up and say, oh man and to come to this cause... The, 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 the power that the, all the fighters have is, is it, it can't be beaten. If all the fighters got together and said, I don't want to fight for this company anymore, there's no UFC. I've seen this many years ago. This company thinks it's got all the power at the moment. And that's what it's leading to these fighters to believe. But if these fighters realize that they have all the power and they just, all of them just say, No, I want 50 50 pay per views. I want the Ali Act and I want all these things. And things will change in an instant. Because without these fighters there's no ufc and and that idiot dana talking about oh hey we built this company yeah you built the ufc the sport you've stolen from you're stolen from the sport from all the fighters that's the difference it would have been another company that bought the earth bought mma up to where it is because it is, the, it is the ultimate in fighting combat the problem is they've built the ufc up but they've stolen from the sport
0: uh, Christina, I'm not a legal expert. This fight that Mark is, is obviously talking about is 2016. It's July of 2016, UFC 200, his fight versus Brock Lesnar. So that's, we're approaching in the summertime will be six years. And this process has been going on for about five years. Is this common? Like, was this expected when you took on this case that it would drag on for this long? Or is this uncommon in terms of length?
6: We can never anticipate whether or not there's going to be an appeal and I can't really comment on whether or not COVID affected mm-hmm. the timing of the decision coming out. I can say that the argument on the appeal was had in uh, October of 2020 and the ruling came out, you know, just a few months ago. So it took about a year to get, to get this opinion. Um, I can't say whether that's typical or not, but it is typical for things to drag out if there is an appeal. Okay. So, I, I would expect to see, you know, a few years down the road, uh, not being out of the ordinary.
0: Okay. And and for Mark, you know, you, it, it makes me sad. It honestly hurts me in the heart to hear you say that, like, this took your love of the sport away. And I can understand why that would be. And so like, living with this now for almost six years on your shoulders and feeling this way about it, fired up, you're a jovial guy, you're a happy-go-lucky guy. Do you feel like it has I affected was. your way of life? Of
5: course, man. I have to... It's, it's crazy because it's given me anxiety. A lot of things... I I, I came from a, a troubled background and fighting was my only outlet. Fighting is what saved Mark Hunt from being another criminal in jail because that's why I started. But fighting saved me for, to be a better person in life. But yet I come to the top end of my sport and yet I have to see this. Now it's another fight. And it's the only fight that really matters, to me, they're honest. Every other fight uh against another man is meaningless i mean they fight for a title that's worthless they fight for a title that's that has zero um prestige at all they're fighting for a title that's oh hey i'm gonna i need more money i'm gonna i'm the world champion like uh nagano and he's asking for more money it's the whole lot of them it's just a joke the ufc is actual joke and it's taken uh, for, well, ten years I've competed in that company, and then you know, realizing at the end of it, man, all this was for what? I could have spent my time chasing my kids around with a normal job.
0: Now, you someone know, getting might a say, normal
5: job like everyone else.
0: During that time, you did make money, though, right? Someone, I, I feel like someone would. Yeah, toward, of course, but yeah.
5: but the thing is, making money and doing it. Yeah, yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes, but so has not anyone else. But the thing is is, is, is did they pay the right amounts of money that they're supposed to pay? No, they didn't. Did they cheat people along the way? Yes, they did. So why am I the only one that's sitting here um, after what's happened with this Lesnar case, years and years later, trying to fight this battle when these guys have been are the wrong clearly?
0: By the way, I know about this story that you're telling about your, your, your backstory because I, I should have mentioned this. Look, uh, I have it right here uh born to fight by mark i see it's right here i do have your presence see i just remembered <laughs> it. and it's a signed copy as well I highly recommend this book obviously it doesn't go into all this stuff but great um i mean what a life you have uh, lived mark and so at, at this at this juncture mark are you also involved I, i'm not sure if you can comment uh, this class action lawsuit that's ongoing as well against ufc are you a part of that as well or are you just focused on this
5: I'm a part of the, the the class action lawsuit as well. The, you know, um, a few of the guys had asked me to join that a long time ago. I did. I wasn't going to, but um, it's a fight for equality. Also, it's a fight for um, proper pay. I mean, like what the, the top end boxer gets, like you know, Joseph Parker, Tyson Fury, you know, Anthony. Hitch, all these top end boxes when Canelo, when they make it to the top, they split half of the revenue, automatically. Whereas a UFC fighter has to say, "Oh, can I get a dollar?" Of the pay per view, can I get fifty cents? You know, can I get a blowjob like Mike Tyson says? I lost all my money. I mean, um, it just this stuff really annoys me because it's it's taken my life was my my fighting career. It's it's and I felt that as I was competing in there, I felt well as I was competing in the UFC, I just lost all love and interest for because because it, what's the what is the purpose of, of this?
4: Mm.
0: Are you able to even watch fights now, or does that feeling? preclude you from doing that
5: you know i support all the guys that I've, I've helped train with and it's helped me train to get to where i was i've tried my best to help all of those guys but um you know i don't like watching ufc or or fighting in general because it's it's just because i i know what it's like at the top i know what, what they're fighting for which is nothing the ufc fighters i, I mean they're, they're fighting for nothing i'm the i'm the world champion of what Explain to me what you're the world champion of.
0: Of the UFC, of the if top. you're the world
5: champion of unboxing, mm-hmm. there, there's there's reality. You've made it to the top. You don't have to worry about money. You don't to worry about nothing. There's the goal reach Mount Everest. But with UFC, when you make it to the top, what do you get? Look at the champions. Don't you know? Don't look what I'm saying. Look at the champions of the sport. <laughs> what do they got? They're sitting there complaining about money. You're the world champion of nothing.
0: There's always that talk every so often, Mark, as you know, uh, fighters coming together, unionizing associations, getting the fair share of the pie, revenue sharing, all this stuff. And just last week, we found out the pay-per-view price is going up in America to now $74.99. But it doesn't seem like anything else goes up as far as what the fighters are concerned, less sponsors and things. You know, they had their best year ever. Do you ever foresee a time where the fighters will come together and have a collective voice to try and raise what they are making?
5: I mean, I can I can't speak on behalf of every other fighter. I can only speak on, on my experiences, what I've been through, and I and I and I know right now. For and if every one of those fighters in UFC just said, "I don't want to fight for this company anymore," and just told their management or told the UFC, "You know, what, I'm not going to fight for you. you. You you better change ship. Things will change in an instance. And in one second, things will change because without those fighters, there's no shows. All those TV deals that the UFC have made on on the backs of these fighters, they you know, Daniel, White, the Parasite, you know, and Lorenzo and, and Frank Petita have stolen from these people, from their families for years. And they're still doing it. <laughs> so it, it it really pisses me off and upsets me because that's why I'm in a too. That's why I'm suing them. You know, I, I, I just, I have to, I mean, I hope the justice system is, isn't corrupt like the UFC. That's all I hope.
0: Uh, are you surprised that, the fighters haven't been more vocal about this, haven't talked about it, about coming to, about Well, getting- I mean, they
5: say don't bite the hand that feed you, but yeah, you're going to have enough of that? You're going to take what's given to you like it like a slave man? You're going to sit there and say, oh, I'll take that. I'll take this. No, I won't. I won't sit at the back of the bus. I won't. I'll go and do something about it. You know, it happened to me three or four times and I said, I'm sick of this happening to me. Nothing's going to be done about it. So I'm going to do something about it. If you're not going to support me, USC, and do the, something about these. Uh, these cheaters, then I'll do something about it. The problem is he's, they're all in cahoots together. You know, Vince McMahon, Dana White, Brock Lesnar, they all make this deal so they can sell their company. That's the problem. They're all corrupt.
0: You know, there's a, there's an interesting young fellow, and I think you know of him because I saw you retweet him, uh, named Jake Paul, who's been talking a lot about fighter pay. What do you make of what uh, Jake has been saying and the light that he has been shining as of late on some of these issues that you are talking about?
5: The thing uh, uh, with Jake Paul, I, I you know I support most of the things he said, like I don't know where he got all his information from, uh, from especially with not being in the company, but um, a lot of it I support, I, a lot of it is true. The part about uh, him hammering Dana about the coke and the bitches and the prostitutes, I, I don't know, because I don't know Dana on that level. Um, but I, I do support him what he's talking about with
0: Yeah, I'm talking about pay. the fighter pay not the personal stuff
5: Okay, I think I support him 100% because at the end of the day I came through there I understand what it's like there because you have to fight for every two every you know why was I getting more than a lot of the champions? Because I keep saying I need more money hmm. So it's it's I, I feel it's true I mean that's why uh the, the other guys are fighting for the Ali becoming to MMA so it didn't make um like it like boxing
0: did, did you know mark you know that that whole thing about the usada exemption that uh, brock got that i think we only kind of found out about afterwards or maybe leading up to the fight did you know about that that they that they were waiving that rule for uh, him
5: to be honest you know before fights people always talk shit and all, i'm always going to say you know like i'm going to beat this guy's ass i think he's on this i'm always talking shit about it to try and pump the fight up but you know i was actually worried about that guy because when I actually met him in person and on stage, I was like, damn, this nigga is massive. It's huge. This, this, and I've and I fought some big guys, but you know, as a heavyweight, it, it doesn't really amaze me how big someone is. But when I stood next to, to Lesnar Brock, I'm like, damn, I even said that to Dana. But then when I realized, when I said, uh, when I said to them, are you, when I messaged them after, I said, are you guys testing this guy? You know, he said, yes, of course. And then they give him that exemption. I'm like, what, what, why is this, why, why did you give them this exemption for, mm-hmm. you know, people said I should have known. Well, you can know all you want. The the fact is you don't actually know unless you have proof. I mean, they were in the midst, middle of selling that company, weren't they? So, I mean, end of the day, I, I uh, it's disappointing and it's disheartening. I mean, anyone that asked me for advice about fighting and you know, I would do something else, to be honest, get a normal job like everyone else.
0: Your 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 children are getting to the age, right, where they're probably talking about this. Have they talked to you about fighting?
5: Well, they're not talking about that. The dad I'm teaching these the kids how to ride bikes at the moment. Uh, my 13 year old understands about fighting. He's seen me get into I've taken some some of my kids to the, to the events because yeah, I wanted to see what I wanted them to see what dad does for living to make them to have them to have food and clothe them. But um it, it's a, you know, some of those cases have been bad cases. Like, you know, I've had a, uh, 11 kilos, I had to lose weight for the Stipe fight and I got pounded into oblivion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I held the best record for that fight for the most punches in the face, <laughs> which isn't a good record to hold, but uh, you know, my son, that scarred my son, That's, that was on me, that was my my mistake. Uh, my kids, uh, I don't think they'll be fighting or doing anything like that, but uh, especially from when they see it from my perspective, especially uh, on, not the fighting side of it, because I love competing and fighting, but the the stuff that the management mm-hmm. have, you know, the money side, the business side of it. So That is the issue. If
0: your son says to you, dad, I want to follow in your footsteps, I want to be the next Super Samoan, I want to fight, what would you say to him?
5: Well, I'll tell him there's only there gonna be one. You know, you'll have to find your own name and Mark, I, I'll support him 100% and I'll try to help him as best I could. But right now, it's not a good, I don't think it's a good time, to be honest. I mean, everyone, back in the days, I think everyone wanted to be a part of the UFC, but I think people are realizing that's not the case now. There's not There's not what you want to, you know, it's not. Uh, there's not what you want to be part of that company, especially one that's cheating everyone.
0: Christina, can I ask you, why did you take on this case?
6: Uh, well, it appealed to me. You know, I have a thing for the underdogs. I do a lot of a lot of plaintiffs work, and uh, I really felt like it. Mark was put in into a really unfair position. I was very interested in this four month exemption and how it was uh, with all the circumstances surrounding the upcoming sale of the UFC. How it was that this particular WWE fighter was given this exemption, and I found it intriguing, and I I believed in Mark's cause.
0: Are you a mixed martial arts fan, or were a mixed martial arts fan?
6: Interestingly, no, I'm not, but I wow. am now.
0: Wow, yeah, I bet I bet you're fully interested. And, and, and by the way, why isn't USADA, Christina, involved in this as well? Because they are the ones that obviously had to adhere to the four-month exemption, right?
6: That I really can't comment on, I hope you understand okay. um so that was a that was a decision that was made at the beginning. Um, so I have no comment on that
0: okay and and could I also ask, has there and again, if you can't answer, I, I totally understand, but have there been any <coughs> attempts to settle this outside of court?
6: Uh, I can say because it's part of the docket that in the district court case before it went to appeal there was a mandatory settlement conference that we were required to participate in we're not at liberty to discuss what happened during that uh so the short answer would be yes there was a a settlement discussion uh because it was forced by the court
0: was there any sort of significant discussion had about that
6: uh
5: no
0: okay um Mark, I saw recently you said you're done with social media.
5: Why? Well, I it was just, um, you know, I was just getting trolled, and I was just trolling back. I just, you know, and and that's the problem, spending a lot of time on social media, because you just start hammering and biting at everyone, which is, it's uh, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, and I should remember that instead of, you know, just because they don't see it my way, that's just the way it is, and that's just the way life is, and I realize that, but, um you know, I think... Um, you know, I can't just put shit out there and stick my hand in, in there and sound like an ostrich. <laughs> yeah,
4: I very you know, passionate, and,
5: uh,
0: very heated about this stuff, and do you not like the way it?
5: Because it this isn't this is important business. This yeah. is important stuff, man. This is a, this is a, the, this is such an important fight, and people don't even people people don't see it that way. They see it, oh, well, the guy cheated and he got this fight from Musa, and then uh, move on. But no, no, that that's, that, that's not. That can't happen. I mean, who's pulling the strings here? Is Who's part of this? You know, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, aren't they a private company? Can they be bought? Uh, who knows? I have no idea. I just know that it's just there's got to be some something else in this. You just can't get that answer. Oh, um, no! You have to do it this way. That's not that's not the answer. If the guy is cheating, the guy is cheating. He needs to be fixed up and sorted out. You just can't lose on that thing. I mean, just check out other sports, man. Every other sport, just they don't give them anything. They take their names, their their medals, their money. Why is it so different from fighting? Would you? Why does MMA have to be the one? And uh, uh, we all know the answer. We all know the answer. It's about those guys that own the company making all the money.
0: Do you think that? But it's... when is
5: is the when is things going to change? If you Does were, it people have to file lawsuits to, to to make things change, sorry.
0: No, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, I thought I thought you were done, but I was just curious. Like, would you actually, if someone wanted to go down the fighting path, would you try to get them to go down the boxing path? Like, do you think it's actually more fair for boxers as opposed to MMA fighters, based on your experience?
5: Boxing is a hard road and it's probably as corrupt. But at the end, when you get to the top and make it to the to the to be the, the best fighter in the world. You actually make it. Yeah, You don't have to worry about borrowing money for camp. You know, you make it to the status of Canelo, or uh, Averis, uh, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, John um, Tia, all the big dogs, Joseph Parker. You don't have to worry about it. You make it, you make it. Do you get the same with the MMA fighters, world champions?
2: No. We all know that.
5: We all know the answers, we all know the truth. And uh, you know, if it takes a person like me or a person like the, the guys to start the ALIAC lawsuit, it's so weird. I mean, whether I fall on my sword, like all, all the other guys do the same thing, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, like I said before, I'm not the first to sue these people and I won't be the last.
0: But for your, your health, your sanity, your family, you know you, there's an opportunity cost here right how willing or how the, the, far the, are you willing of the course there's take... a
4: cost the cost has been
5: my half the cost has been my life for the sport the time away from my kids chasing a, a cause about that i thought was worthy it's not worthy of my time or anyone's time it's not worthy to fight for it's not worthy of my blood i mean it's not worthy of anyone's blood to be honest because at the end of the day and it's not by me. You look at the other the examples. Look at the ex-fighters. Look at the ex-fighters paying for, you know, having to, to go fund me pages to pay for injuries caused by work. Why can't the USC pay for it? Oh, because they're not employees. They're subcontractors. You know, that, that's a that's a belt not worth fighting for. It's not worth losing sleep or blood over, but it's it's come at a cost. And when I got onto this, so this lawsuit wasn't premeditated. This lawsuit was was uh are you guys doing something about it? No. Are you guys, you know, the full fight, are you guys doing something about it? No. Okay, I'll do something about it. Not knowing the cost would be the ending of my career. My happiness for fighting, my love of fighting is gone or competing. The cost of it was huge, right? Because I ended up, uh, my career was done. Uh, I couldn't get picked up by anyone else again. Um, You know, it's it's just... If I thought properly about this, if I premeditated this lawsuit, I would have sat sat down, I would have got a few more contracts, made another 10, 15, 20 million, whatever it was, and then sued the fuckers. Mm -hmm. You know, you got guys in there that have got injuries from from this company um, and they're looking after them. I wonder why, because I know they've got massive lawsuits that'll fix this company up to stop them from doing this to anyone else. I mean, Bisping's got an eye missing, right? Hmm. Ask that guy why he isn't sued him.
0: Your final days there, like I remember your last fight when you walked out, it just seemed like you you wanted to be anywhere else. How uncomfortable were those? Because you did fight after that, right? I think you, you went up to 2018, yeah, I, I right? fought
5: my contract out because they couldn't, they couldn't get rid of me because it was under contract. They had to pay for my contract. they just paying me out. And I fought my contract. But the thing was, it was so... It was it was disheartening. Yeah. It was, you know, working for a company you disliked. Every time I started, you know, I went to a, a sports site talking about this and asking why I kept losing fights. And he goes, well, what's the first thing you do a five week? You start talking and, and, and complaining about the company that you're working for. Why are you complaining about the company you're working for? Because they're a grub company. They just rip people off. They cheat people. And and they go, well, there's a start for you. The first interview you do, you start attacking the company. Then you... You get pissed off with them, and then you go to the fight, and you said, oh, stop it! Stop this company! You're not getting a a sense of my fucking blood again." And that's the problem. That's why I think fighters shouldn't get into the position. I mean, uh, to to love what they do, they got to keep doing it. I mean, I I lost love for for this grubby company when I when I realized there was no hope for you know. They just, I mean, they're teaching everyone all the boys and girls that want to do mixed martial arts. To go and start using steroids and cheat, because the only way you're going to get ahead in that company is cheat. The company will back you. They back Brock Lesnar. So, so why not do what everyone else is doing? In the top guys. This promotes steroids. This promotes cheating. This all going and cheat and see you can kill someone in the octagon. This is what they're after.
0: One thing that because they love certainly to see- are
5: promoting the guy that doesn't do the right thing.
0: I'd love to see a pension. You know, not every retired fighter you could say deserves it. They have one fight, two fights, but guys like you who fought for 10 years, you know, other guys like a retired fighters association, a retired players like in other leagues you get a pension if you've put in a certain amount of time in that league. Do you think we'll ever see a day where there will be a pension for fighters like you, Mark?
5: Well, I hope so. I I hope fighters that I hope fighters uh I hope it gets like that one day. You know, I hope the, the Aliyah comes in to help these fighters out. I just, I just don't know. man. these 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 guys that started the, that are doing this, you know, that are ripping people off, you know, the, the parasites like Dana White, Lorenzo Fatina, and Frank. These guys, I mean, these are millions of these guys doing it in different businesses. This, but the difference is this is the fight business. This is this is the blood business. You know, people get really fucked up here. Not just them but, but they're families and stuff. And what does the justice system do about it? When they get people like that, they, they, they fix them up. Like, look at Lance Armstrong. They get fixed up properly like him. He loses everything. Like I said, let's just hope the justice system sees it this way and these guys can't hide or, or keep anything hidden. You know, these guys need to pay for what they've done. Not just to me, but there's so many other fathers that they need to look after and sort things out with. They've cheated so many people Especially with the, the steroids. Uh, before I let and you. I'm know, sorry if I'm so passionate about no, this. this. I, I is, appreciate the passion. This has been my life, and this, it's, a, it's, a, it's the only fight that matters. All my career means is, is meaningless, to be honest. Because at the end of, the, end of this, this rainbow here, that fighting was supposed to be for me, all you see is a bunch of little crooks.
0: I can imagine how disheartening that? that is. You you put in all the time, and you want to kind of ride off into the sunset and not have this uh, animosity in your heart and this uh, this feeling of being you know treated unfairly. I, I I could totally understand where you're coming from. I just wanted to ask Christina for those following this case or curious in following this case, could you tell us what the next steps are? What should we be looking out for?
6: Certainly. The next step is to enter into, you know, depositions and a discovery phase, and that should open up towards the end of February. Uh, We don't have a trial date set or anything like that. Um, In federal court, we put together sort of a joint plan and there'll be, you know, dates dictating uh, the designation of experts and depositions and things like that. But uh, for now, it's just going into the investigatory and exploratory phase of discovery.
0: Could you even predict how much longer this will last?
6: You know, I can't really, I'm not comfortable doing that. I mean, it's going to be at least a year.
0: Okay. And what is at stake here? Like, let's say you guys win. What does Mark stand to gain?
6: And I'm sorry, I just lost, I just lost you. What was, what was the question?
0: What is at stake here? Let's say you guys win. What does Mark stand to gain?
6: Well, there, there are no limitations on what we can ask for. So with these causes of action come, you know, an award of damages. There's economic damages, which is, you know, actual damages. And then there's general damages, which is, you know, pain and suffering and, and those type of more abstract damages. But these causes of action that have remained in the case also include punitive damages, which are set to punish the defendants for their acts. So I can't predict what numbers that we're talking about because they're infinite.
0: Fascinating. Um, I appreciate that very well, much. what could happen? What, what, I,
5: what, I, what I would like to have happened from this, this whole scenario was uh, a clause in the contract, in these fighters' contracts. So this stops these, these guys from, from, from pulling results after the events that's happened, you know? That's what this was all about. Because the, you believe the, the guys that, that were tested. cheating getting punished, but you believe they do, right? Before well, this whole thing started, but yeah, this was whole, the whole thing started because you know because I wanted there was no punishment for these guys that are cheating. You know, I don't even think that idiot Lesnar's paid for his thing from Usada, and 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 and, and why does every result from from the fights from Usada come back after the fights happened? There's gotta be some sort of more punishment than just, oh, here's a little slap on the wrist, or here this, this, or here's some money you have to pay, and then you can start back up in a year. There's gotta be something more to that. You know, five-year ban, 10-year life ban. Get rid of you. Don't cheat. You shouldn't be here cheating. Bitch.
0: You bring up a great point about the results coming out after. What's what's the point? Um uh, two last things before I let you go, maybe we can end on a on a somewhat positive note, Mark. Your guy, Bam Bam Tuivasa, looking great. You proud of him?
5: Yeah, Bam's, to be honest, like I said, I I, I support all the guys that i have that have helped me change yeah. to where I am and get to where I am. I've tried my best to have all of them. Um, and I, I see him doing well. I just, like I said, the end result, I don't like. And I don't know where he's going. I just, you know, I think Bam could be the best fighter in the world. With dedication and hard work, that's always been the problem with him. And they say it's the same because it's like me. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, what's annoying to me is I see the end. If he makes it to the top, end. If he, I mean, he's right at the top. But if he makes it to that title shot and gets that title, what happens? Will he be in the same position as me? Will he be fighting guys that are on steroids? What's happened to all the guys that have been on steroids lately? Have you seen any more people pop from steroids lately in the last five years? I haven't seen, or I haven't heard anyone pop lately. I wonder why. Is it because people like me have spoken up, said something? The the UFC be a bit more careful that they get no more lawsuits? What has happened here? Does it take just a little person to change something? With BAM, I, like I said, I think BAM can be the best part of the heavyweight in the world, just hard work and dedications, but you know, I'll always support my all um, whatever they're doing. I just don't like uh the end result know, if we can change things with the Act and these other lawsuits then i'm all for it you know i'll support you see if they start supporting the fighters but they're not
0: what would what would be your advice to a young fighter who's coming up now who doesn't want to maybe go down the same road or get a job same... don't go tony <laughs> need...
5: get a normal job man be like everyone else <laughs> Well, you know, until things change with the UFC, they, until they start looking after their fighters, you know, pensions, um, health insurance, you know, better pay. I mean, and people compare a normal jobs paid to what they do for a living. It's not the same level. You're not getting beat up in front of the whole planet uh, for 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 an income, but. And to to be able to compete at the Tyson is different. I just feel right now with fighters, if they want to be a fighter, you know, it's not a good idea right now. It's just not the right time. You know, get a job, study, do something to, you know. I mean, we even just do whatever you want. If you want to play games all day, if you can afford to do it or do that, do whatever you feel. I mean, I felt I've wasted all these years of chasing. You know, I won the world title in K1. After that, MMA was another title I was chasing to be a fighter, the champion in any MMA division. I didn't get that. Whatever it was, I wasn't good enough or this and that. Whatever. At the end of the day, I wasted all these years chasing that belt, the UFC belt. And, and at the end of the day, it was a waste of time. The bout was, I should have spent more time just hanging out with my kids instead of chasing a bout that was worthless. That wasn't worth my time or, or my life for fighting or, or my blood. Wasn't worth it. One hundred percent wasn't worth it.
0: I hate that you feel this way because you are a legend and you gave us so much, you know, joy and entertainment and memories. I mean, it was such. I was talking about Acer Arena Mate, when you fought Chris. Like Tush- I said, Ariel, yeah.
5: I, I loved. I loved fighting. I loved it. This is what got Mark Hunt from being back in jail and being a bad person. Right, fighting saved Mark Hunt from being, you know, and it probably saved a lot more other kids. Found it out, maybe. But what you know the, the what, what's happened now is the UFC haven't looked after their fighters. They've not looked after any of them. You know, the only person that's done well was Connor McGregor and you know, I think that's he's the only one. Everyone else, and that's because he, you know, he he didn't he, he went over to boxing. That's probably you know, it it, it wasn't yeah, the UFC haven't looked after any fighters that I don't think the resolve all these fighters is going to be good unless things change with the law, unless the, the American law system sorts these guys up for cheating people, for having corrupt uh, systems are, are ripping people off. They're to, con- continuing to do this, and they've been doing this for over 20 years. You know I mean? And, and like I said, and if, they don't, if fighters want to be a fighter, I, I suggest don't do it. Go get a job, go do something normal. At least you'll have security somewhere else, doing something normal. I mean... <laughs> Chasing something that that's like this, especially a, a waste of time, take it from me, take it from any other fighters that have done it. The only difference uh, the example would be McGregor. He's the only one that's, that's, uh, that's made it properly without even needing UFC.
0: Well, I know you're uh, you're off social media these days, Mark, but I did see something amazing on your social media. You know, I've been calling you the KFC King for all these years. You got KFC sneakers, Mark. You got actual sneakers with KFC on them. I saw this on your page. How did you get these? And and, and
5: I mean, <laughs> no, that wasn't these mine. Things. I just I just stole them. I just stole them from someone uh, oh, else's
0: page. <laughs> I thought they were given to you. I was so ju- I was like, this is amazing. No, <laughs> hell oh, no. Yeah,
5: but you know, I, I would walk those around if I was my head up a pair. Those, those are pretty cool those are pretty pretty dope sneakers they okay. are
0: I mean you you, uh, anyone out there you deserve those do you still eat the KFC do you still like it
5: well I've been eating everything under the sun it has been the holiday seasons and I've been you know <laughs> locked down because of COVID yeah well uh, you know my whole family just had COVID but we just got out of a. Uh, oh I'm sorry
0: it's, it's
5: kind of a crazy time in this world but it's also an exciting time to be alive um, it's so good that I've been able to spend so much time with my children and um it takes more exercise chasing them around the park than anything else, to be honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're a good man, Mark, and it's great to catch up with you after all these years. Thank you for coming on. Do you feel like you got everything off your chest? Is there anything else you want to say in
5: closing? I appreciate your time here, and um, you know, hopefully things change with... Hopefully the UFC start looking after their fighters, and um, you know, fighters see this and, and realize um, if they do get on this path, you know, they're happy they make the right decisions, and hopefully things change with these lawsuits. Hopefully, the systems, the the American system, the law system fixes things up properly, so this doesn't happen again to, to anyone else. Um, and you know, thanks for your time, and also, of course, thank you to my uh, great lawyer, Christina, for being a part of this always this journey. It's not over yet, and this is the last fight I'll have. It's, and it's it's sad for me that it's in in an area that I have no idea about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's an area that's uh, that's it's it's something else, but you know, I wish we could battle some more, especially I feel like I could fight forever in my life, but um things end and things change, and that's what happens. My time's done with fighting, and that's it. Hopefully we win this fight and change uh, the laws for steroids and the MMA and things change. And uh got some media talking about CTE. <laughs> You've got CTE, buddy.
0: Well, much respect to you, uh, Mark, and uh, I'm happy to hear that you guys are okay after the, uh, the COVID stuff. It's a crazy time. Good luck to you guys. Christina, thank you very much for the time and the insight. Appreciate you greatly. And Mark, all the best to you, and uh, you'll always have a home here. You may not be on social media, but you can come on here anytime, all right?
5: All right, Jeff, Thanks for the time,
0: everyone. See you, bud. Thank all you. Right. Peace out. Yeah, there he is. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much, Christina. All the best to you as well. The, uh, the Super Samoan, a legend of the game, Mark Hunt, by the way, it's a great it's a great read here, Born to Fight. This came out a couple of years ago, more than a couple at this point. And you know, it's interesting at the beginning, where does it end? It ends, uh, oh, uh, 2015, yeah. I'll never forget that one, Mexico City. That was a wild one. Remember that interview that we did with him by the pool? And he was like, man, he was not feeling it. He was not into it. That was a fascinating time. what's interesting about Mark Hunt is that when he first came to the UFC and I first met him, he was very short with his words. It was always like, yes, no. And, uh, it was, it was tough to sort of decipher how he was feeling. Now he's become, you know, so open and, um, you know, so free with how he's feeling and, um, you know, gives you long and thought out answers. It's, it's amazing to see that evolution and, uh, you know, Obviously, he's very passionate about this situation and about this case. And it's great to get some insight there from his lawyer. I'm happy that she came on, Christina, and I, I wish them the best. You know, it, it's funny because I, I will be called sometimes like, oh, you're anti this, you're biased, all that stuff. We just had Michael Chandler on. We just had Michael Chandler on, who couldn't be more, quote unquote, pro UFC. And then you have Mark Hunt. You know, I'm, what we try to do here on this show is talk about what's going on in the sport. The good, the very good, the great, which is quite often the case, the bad, the ugly. And there is, I don't care what anyone says, we go to bed, I go to bed at night saying that we are doing it the right way, the honest way. And so Michael Chandler is giving props to Dana White, and it's all accurate what he is saying. Much respect. And then we'll hear from Mark, and then we'll hear from the guy who's fighting uh, for the belt in two weeks there is really no agenda, and I'm not trying to give you some like, oh, it's the no-spin zone. No agenda. I love MMA. I love all the intricacies of MMA. I love all the good, the bad, the ugly, the warts. I love the highs. I love the lows. I love the characters. I love the fighters. I love the business. I love all of it. I love all of it, and I've spent the last 15 years of my life talking about it, for God's sakes, on a daily basis ad nauseum. And so, this is all just a part of covering the sport. There is no, we're trying to shine a light on all the characters. And I would invite any character on to come on, even the characters that, you know, like I would have Jake Shields on, to be honest. As, as much as I dislike the way he, you know, was towards me, um, in te- like I don't care. Like I would have, like I've told you about the people that I would have on this show. I would have Dylan on, but he's been 10-7. So, you know, he's not available (laughs) right now. Anyway, thank you very much to Mark Hunt. Thank you very much to Christina. Uh, Insightful stuff. And if you're looking for a good book to read, Born to Fight by Mark Hunt and Ben McKelvey. McKelvey? I think it's McKelvey. There it is. Uh, Highly recommend about his great career, K1, UFC, Pride, all that and more. All right. Great chats. We're not done. In a matter of moments, we're going to be joined by the often imitated, never duplicated, the inimitable, the man bun himself. And you're quick. I wonder is it a man bun or is it a ponytail? We shall find out. But first, and now it's time yeah. to open up your ears and is. your minds, MMA fans. Oh, it's yeah. time for Rick's picks. Rick's oh, picks. Yes. Rick's picks are I feel lots like we of fun. Heard this song and his hair is in a bun. Cause it's you already know what it is.
1: Ladies Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, boys boys and girls, girls.
0: it's the moment you've all been waiting for. Hmm. It's the new craze taking the world by storm. Yeah. Live from the Vox Studios in beautiful New York City. That's right. It's time for Rick's Picks. Frigid New York City, but beautiful as well. There he is. Yeah, we haven't heard that song In quite some time. This is an old school show. You're in the seat. GC's not here. I mean, it feels... Mark Hunt's on the program, right? I mean, there's a lot of... (laughs) Throwback. (laughs) A lot of throwback action. Um, How are you? I'm good. I'm just looking up uh, something real quick right here. Okay. Can I uh, get this? Oh, yeah. I was looking up the uh, game... Game details, Warriors 96. Oh, I didn't see. Any. Okay. Whoa, whoa, wait a see. minute. Are no, you? I just wanted to see what happened. I mean, <laughs> Hold on like, one second. I want to just make sure that no, this is happening correctly. Let's,
7: let's pause. Let's pause for a second.
0: The Warriors, the best team in
7: the league, get Clay Thompson back and beat the Cavs. You, as a lowly Knicks fan, yeah. are attempting
0: to rub that in my
7: face? I just wanted to see. Show?
0: I just wanted to see what you know, because it felt like a big, like national TV ish game. NBA TV is that yeah. national TV? L- here, like a big how, how about this?
7: What do you think the score would have been if the Knicks were in that spot? <laughs> how much do you think they would have lost by? It just 60? Seemed like a seventy. It, it seems
0: like a lot of hullabaloo for January. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It's a lot of hullabaloo. Yeah, boy. Listen, anytime you know.
7: DraftKings anytime. Anytime mm-hmm. we want to talk about any wagers, you know. What you are the futures? I, what we, are we, c- c- the futures? We could c- c- uh, make a wager on whether the Cavs will finish ahead of the Knicks, if if you want. Mm. I'd be willing to. What are know, the futures? You know, look, what are the futures? I know futures the Cavs are them. the underdog in that scenario, but I'm ready.
0: Then making the playoffs. What are the futures?
7: <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I yeah. think the Cavs will be in the playoffs. Listen, the Hawks, the Knicks. You guys just make it. You and Connor. You, you guys oh, wow. just make it. And you're we'll talking see. about Connor's team. He's not even there to defend himself. That's not cool. That's okay. They they don't defend much anyway, so wow, you know, that, that fits. You guys you guys make it to the playoffs, and uh, we'll see
0: we'll see what happens. Do you guys know how long butternut squash soup is good for? Because I bought one earlier today, and I didn't eat it, and it's over there. And I keep thinking about if it's going to be good after this, the show. What do you this think? This
7: is a, a throwback show. This is, I have to say, by the way, just kudos, kudos to you and Connor. The, the banter off the top was, was tremendous. Was it good? I, I was enjoying that a lot. Oh, thanks. Um,
0: That's nice of you to say.
7: As somebody who's been in that seat before, and uh, that, that was a lot of fun. It's a I hot seat. That.
0: But what do you think? Do you think it would I get sick if I have the butternut? I think it's okay, right? I think you'd be okay. I think you'd be okay. Frank, what do you think? I trust. Your judgment, the most. I'd avoid it if I was you. Damn it! I should have put it in the fridge. Why did I put it in the fridge? No, God. no, no, no. I think you'll be all right. I mean, it's been four or five. Hours.
7: Although the stomach, I don't know how do how do we feel like. Stomach is to, hit or
0: miss. You know, yeah, the stomach's hit or miss. miss so maybe yeah. maybe
7: not. I'll say this: I think I would be okay. You yeah, know, but you're like you, Teflon. Dom, um, I'm. Um, yeah, I got the iron. I got the iron stomach. So maybe when's the last time you've been sick? <laughs> been a minute.
0: You haven't had COVID. No. Knock on wood. No uh, cold. No,
7: no flu. I don't get sick. It's crazy. Uh, and, uh, controversially, uh, uh, and controversially, famous um, last word. <laughs> Seriously. Well, first yes, that's Next that's week. for Where's sure. Eric? But controversially, I mentally and you you can ask uh, former colleague Tessa, former colleague Riva who who we stay in contact yes. with about this. I don't mentally believe I can get sick. I, I in my head um I will fight off sickness. By just power crazy. of positive thinking, that is thinking.
0: the craziest thing I've ever um, heard. What does that even mean? You get sick, by believing sick. that I will not get sick. I do not get sick. You know who talks about this? I think Izzy has talked about this. Yeah, about, I mean, like, look, fighting
7: off the the sickness. It's a little bit tongue in cheek for me, but no, there's some. There is something too. Like I have never. I really don't get sick. I really don't get sick often. I don't get taken out um, very often. So I believe. I put this into the, into the world. And uh, let, let me pause here to also say that I'm, uh, double vaccinated and boosted, um, just in case this conversation goes around <laughs> no, a, a that, that, that too. we don't want it to go and people are are no, looking for something to, to say. Um, but no, when it comes to the common cold, when it comes to these things, I, I really don't get sick very often.
0: Wow. When's the last um, time you threw up? There was a great, uh, Seinfeld episode about this, about like the, uh, you know, the streak that they were on. Do
7: we count drinking or are we talking strictly for nah. sickness? Well, Cause it's probably the last time I was drinking. I really don't I really don't get sick very often. Wow, I don't impressive. drink very often. Even with little either, kids. Though. What's that?
0: Even with little kids. Like
7: I got they strapped get sick. from my kids. I and don't. you don't get it? Wow. No. This is crazy. No. Man. They pass it around to each other more than more than I do. It's so a, is it a
0: man bun or is it a it's a ponytail Come it's on. It's a ponytail at this point. Because there's no like shaving going on underneath.
7: Well, no, that's not necessarily that's more the undercut part of the man bun. The man bun is I'd have to have it up, right? I'd have to have it in uh, a bun up that's here. That's true. But right now, I've got it flowing, you know, uh, uh, um, homage to Steven Seagal, the great Steven Seagal. Yes, that's um, and say, And his strong ponytail. Um, so that's what I've got going on here.
0: Who who rocks the best ponytail in male history, in your opinion? No, I
7: mean, yeah, looking like, you're looking you're at
0: him. You're looking at it. all the time. Like, who's your inspiration here? Um, who is the I guy can't guy say that Highlander? there was one person. What Highlander? Highlander. Wait, oh, yeah. Maybe. Isn't that your favorite movie?
7: Mine? Are to Frank or No, me? no,
0: to you. Isn't that the no, Devin Sawa
7: know. movie? Highlander? No, that's a... that's a Jesus, Ariel. I mean, your movie <laughs> your, your your movie. What is the Devin Sawa movie? Final Destination? Final that's Destination. one of my favorites. That's the
0: one you talk about. All the, Are you a fan Final of Final Destination, Destination, Frank? Not at all. Do you Oof, know... Rough. Do you, do you know Devin Sawa? I think the face rings a bell. No, but I not Former teenage
7: heartthrob still going, acting in... Tremendous horror Chucky, movies right? just had one come Chuck, out this Chuck, Christmas. Chucky, Chuck, Chucky, and he's on on the Chucky television series on uh, Sci-Fi and USA. The, the, the yeah, man, missed, the missed goat. Yeah, Casper. You've seen Casper, right? With Christina, yeah, I mean, Ricci. come on.
1: Like from the late. Yeah, 90s. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One, yeah. He's he Casper. Was
7: the, he was the boy when Casper comes a, becomes a boy. He was he was the boy. Anyway, why he,
0: he's probably wondering why are little you giants, about this guy? little giants. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. The Wait, the why are we talking about? Not alf- that's Alfalfa oh, is that Alfalfa no that's Little Rascals anyway uh, why do we talk about Devin Sawa I forget we were talking about movies you thought Highlander
7: was a oh, Devin Sawa yeah, movie yeah. it is yeah. not I can assure you, you I, watch I Cobra believe Kai? Christopher Lambert is the name of the, of the main character in, in Highlander the, the actor yeah, who right. plays um, Cobra Kai you watch I do not everyone's talking about Cobra Kai big, I'm not a TV guy big, big Karate Kid fan don't get me wrong yeah. but I'm not a TV guy I don't watch a lot of TV series I, I'm a completionist once I start them, I can't quit them, no matter how shitty they become. Right, and so TV's a dicey territory for me because you you get three seasons in, and then you are like, I can't quit this, but I hate it. I, I hate, sometimes I hate these shows, and I can't quit them. So I am better off just not starting TV shows,
0: movies only. Uh, I have a new, uh, actually inspired by our good friend John Pollock. Um, my one of my goals for this year, and I am not a resolution guy, but you know he yeah. kind of he's doing this. He's he's actually trying to read, I think, fifty two books. Wow. My goal is ten. What? Say what? Yeah, what? You I mean, he... you,
7: you might as well have not even brought up John Pollock. If we're going from Why? 52 to 10, just say you, your goal is to do 10 no, books. I'm trying like, to give him is props. Is not, this he's, is not a good point of comparison here. What are you talking
0: about? I've, I've probably read 10 books in the past 10 years. I'm trying to do it all in yeah, one like, calendar oh, year. W-
7: you know, one guy's like, I want to be a millionaire, and then the other guy's like, yeah, so I might want to oh, scratch off. Scratch off a of 500 shoot, bucks. I mean,
0: you know, <laughs> you shoot for the, the moon, you land among the stars. No, you know,
7: listen, uh, I'm giving you a hard time. Good on you. Uh, 10 books is... Is not, Ten books is pretty um, – I mean it's almost one a month. It's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, it's solid. Um, I imagine you know there will be little pamphlet-sized books, but that's, that's okay. Listen, I understand how big the
0: books are. I did <laughs> books. All right? I'm currently reading uh, Instigators. Are you, read, are you familiar no, with that? No, I'm not familiar. What is it's, it? Well, it's Insta – and then G A T O R. Oh, it's about social. T-O-R-s. It's about social media. No, it's about like uh, crocodiles who become detectives.
7: Stop. Oh, 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 this is a kids book. Oh, you got Sorry, I I I botched <laughs> you're not, that. You're I botched that. that. was a good yet. one. You're not that was in the a good yet.
0: One. I botched it. Once your kids get to like third or fourth grade, you'll be you'll no.
7: Uh... Listen, Avery's a vociferous reader. Really, um, she loves to read. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Not quite there yet. Oh, okay. More. Um, yeah, she's young. She loves Curious George. Yeah, you know, we're the, talking. Was types. she five?
0: Four. She's
7: four. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm crazy. Yeah. Um. But no, she's a, uh, she's a big time reader. LOL dolls. Writer. No, I've never even heard of that one. Wow. Okay. God bless. Um. It's right now. It's like a lot of Paw Patrol, PJ Masks, mm. um, that type of stuff. See, so my Peppa's daughter in the skipped
0: that whole era because she had two older brothers. So she like yeah, went straight yeah, yeah. into like Pokemon and like the real deal stuff. Listen
7: that you know ain't nothing wrong with that and the fights and being a you know an mma correspondent so yeah uh, yeah claire yeah she makes the picks she's she's the goat
0: all right Um, uh we might as well get on with this (laughs) yeah you know
7: listen it's that type of show this is the vibe today
0: this is these Um, are the vibes rick's picks yes
7: my heart breaks oh no this this person my heart breaks for one gregor gillespie he's 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 one of my selections this week he went on social, you know, he's campaigning for a fight. A lot of people had mixed reviews on kind of how that that Instagram promo went. For me, I get his point, and I and I and my heart breaks for him. He's in a very tough position where he cannot get a fight with the upper echelon of fighters because, look, quite frankly, like that's a dangerous fight. That's a tough fight. We've seen many fighters in this position before. Neil Dariush famously has been in this position before. Now he has his his high level fight. Um, my heart breaks for Gregor Gillespie. Uh, best to Gregor Gillespie. I hope he gets a big fight. I hope he. I hope he is able to up, enter that upper echelon. But I get it. If if you're a ranked guy, he's a he's a tough out. And I don't. I don't know that that's the fight I'd be wanting. It seemed like you know Michael Chandler nodded and, and gave him his respect for beating him in a wrestling match. But it also didn't sound like that's the fight that's going to materialize. He has his eyes on on uh, Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson, uh, Dustin Poirier. Um, but I hope Gregor Gillespie gets that fight. I really do. I hope he gets. I hope he gets a top tier fight because yeah, he you deserves know, one.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, it, it's amazing because I bet the UFC wishes they can clone Rafael dos Anjos because he's that guy. He would take. Yeah, he, he would, would take it. He would he's take it. Guy. He's fighting uh, Rafael Faziev on. He's, he's doing February exactly
7: 19th. what I would hope happens for Gregor Gillespie for Faziev, another guy who you know it seemed like couldn't get that fight, couldn't get that fight. Dos Anjos seems to be the guy who breaks it for everybody. Like, you're going to get a top fight. You either win it or lose it and, and go on from there. So, you're right. If, if we could clone him, there'd be a lot more guys getting opportunities. Uh, but can I game. just say,
0: like, he's not that far removed from the loss to Kevin Lee. It's one fight, I believe. I think
7: right. he has one. Uh, now, granted, great performance. A comeback of, of the year. Contender. Um, w- w- an all-time fight against a very tough opponent. Um, but, look. In that run, that was the only loss. You know, people have bounced back from from one defeat and then and then a, a quick comeback uh, many a time. Um, and I th- and I think he deserves a big fight.
0: All I was saying was, according to the MMAfighting.com dot com rankings, which are yep. tremendous, and I highly recommend everyone check the rankings them out. of record. Let's just yes. go, let's just say it now. Okay, so right now, uh, Gregor Gillespie is nine. Dos by the way, eight. Yep. Um, Hooker, we don't know about his future at 155. He could Seems be going like to 145. He's, he's going yes, yep. Fazeev 11. They're matched up. What about number 12, Mateus Czumrot? It's a great fight, but he's looking upward. You know, he's, I know, but you know, it's not that far off.
7: 12, I look. If nine. you're asking me what I think is going to happen, I think it'll be a fight like that, yeah. and then hopefully after that one, we get we get Gregor Gillespie one up because I think he deserves it and he's been calling for it and. um Listen, he's trying a different approach. He's been the quiet guy, the fisherman just out on the on the lakes, um, do, doing his fishing but not making the callouts. Now he's trying to get a little more vocal. I hope he gets it. I understand the frustration, but he's a tough out. He's a tough out.
0: By the way, what about this breaking news here? Uh what do we got? just over the wire, MMAfighting.com, Damon Martin and Mike Heck reporting that uh, Misha Tate is moving out to 125, officially going down to uh the flyweight division to fight Lauren Murphy, of course, who we saw recently fight against uh, Valentina Shevchenko April 9th, that UFC 273 card that I talked about at the top of the show. So Tate going down to 35, interesting. I think a lot of people thought at this juncture of her career, if she's going anywhere, it's the 45, right, to try to get that immediate title shot. Do you have to whip up a graphic for this? Are you busy? Or? No, I was just typing a message. But um, yeah,
7: I look, I like the move. I like the shakeup. Um, there's a lot of names at 135 that um, are still interesting. Um, I don't think this is like a, pr- a preclusion of being able to take fights at 35 or 45. I like it. If she if she feels like she can make it, and based on the shape she's been in in, in her uh, UFC return, I have no doubt. And and how you know locked in she seems to be under nutrition with her coaches. Man, um,
0: 25. I like it. No, I, I like mean it. if she can make the weight. It would be fascinating, um, but she is, like, ripped at 35, you know? Yeah, you
7: know what happens, though? A lot of times – yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, a lot of times – here, I'll give you an example. Edson Barboza, right?
0: Mm-hmm. How
7: much before he went yeah. down was everybody talking about how huge he was? He'll never make it. You know, it's going to be like – and he's he's out here talking about how e- how much easier it is. It's the same cut he had to do to 55, Um I think this is doable. I think that the nutrition and, and the science has come so far. Um, if she can comfor- comfortably make it and, and feel healthy, um, I like it. I, li- I like life in that division. I think 25 is the one that is in the in the most need of new faces and new contenders. Um, and she would be an instant contender there. All right. And what else we got? Um, Chael Sonnen. Mm. Uh, shout out to Chael Sonnen. Mm. Um, just – Welcome back to the, you know, he was on a little bit of a hiatus on the oh YouTube channel. God. Now yes. he's been back. <laughs> back. Um, and I just want to say if you thought Chael Sonnen had lost his fastball, no. Um, it's still there. Um, and uh, I enjoyed his content this week. Shout out. Any shout out to Chael.
0: particular video? No, just or just he's general? Back. He's back. He's been pumping out a lot of content. I mean, he had that very entertaining one with Patty Pimblett. I thought that was a strong one. I have um, been, you know, obviously I sparred with Chael for three years there where we were less interviewer guests. It was more we're yeah. on equal footing. I know when Chail's mad. I can tell sure. when he's mad. Early days of Aaron the Bad Guy, he would get mad at me a lot. I think he was still <laughs> trying to feel me out. It was a little awkward at times. We were on, you know, video, but yeah. you could, he was mad in that video. He does sure. not like to have his credibility question or be called clickbait. He was pissed in that video. You could typically
7: tell when Chael's, you know, mad, um, because he doesn't like to talk about himself a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he typically kind of stays on the topic and and you know brings you this or you know whatever um, some of those phrases that that he likes to use are. Um, oh,
0: let me offer you this.
7: Uh, le- he's offering something, and then he'll literally pick up his leg and cross. <laughs> like he's the only person <laughs> I know that needs to actually pick up his leg and cross. Sure, he's physically doing it. You get a lot of that, but when he talks about himself, he's typically. He's got a he's got something to say. He's got an Instagram. But just it was a strong it was a strong couple of uh, of videos for Chael. Um, the fastball still there, and I and I think the bad guy deserves a shout.
0: Yeah, um, shout out to uh, Doug Crosby by the way writes great material. Oh stop! Yeah. Oh stop! Uh, and you know notice Goddard when he was rifling off those names, <laughs> he didn't mention didn't have to that see one? the most crooked and biased judge and. <laughs> <laughs> MMA history mentioned, but uh, um, we won't be
7: either. we won't be giving a shout out any in any direction okay. um to that person. Um Artem Lobov. Um I obviously wasn't oh, here last week. It was it wasn't a a or sorry, I wasn't yeah, here wasn't, last Wednesday, yeah, it wasn't right, a Monday. Right. Um I wasn't here. Um but shout out to the GOAT. Uh freaking goat. Tremendous performance, um great uh ending, choo choo uh, to oh all the haters. God, what a promo. Um but also just uh, one of the one of the, the the fighters in MMA. We talk about being game. We talk about RDA. Artem Lobov, one of those guys. He was game. He knew his value. He knew his worth, and his and you know it seems to be pretty high. And walked away at a, at a time that his value was still there. Um, so shout out to Artem Lobov. I thought uh, he was great last week and, and did it
0: right. We had um, a few guys recently. You know, you have Hunt giving some kind of advice, different sort of advice. You have Artem giving some advice. Uh, guys who have gone to war in and out of the uh, the cage, right, for what they believe in. That's right. I mean, Arnum going through that whole process with that former manager uh, is actually a great lesson for a lot of younger fighters. You know, that one part that he tells me, I, like, cringed when I heard him say that he just signed the contract without reading it. Sure. Because, you know, it's I've been in those situations where it's awkward and you don't want to yeah. come across like you don't trust the person but like that's yeah, he was starting a new relationship. Yeah. He didn't want to call it into question. It'll happen. That's Exhibit A. Why you always read the contract? Um, Absolutely. So yeah. But shout, shout out, out to the goat. Co- for shout real. out to the goat. For real.
7: No shout out to Derek Lewis and Ty Tuivasa for trying to pull the wool over our eyes. I actually don't week. think they were lying to me. To be honest, <laughs> you think they were? I <laughs> think don't. Think were but I mean, us? it's it's just how fortuitous Crazy. is it? All of a sudden, I don't want to fight in Houston. No selling tie to Ivasa. We find out a day later he's he's fighting tie to Ivasa. Two
0: days later. Yeah. I mean it's cr- like literally Friday morning or whatever it was. Shout out to Far Hanoon of uh, Junkie, I think she was the one who broke it. Um yeah. That was weird. I mean it's an incredible fight. I'm a little worried for Derek because the matchup doesn't worry me, but he really spoke about how like fighting in Houston brings him a lot of I, anxiety and all that yeah,
7: stuff. Yeah, and and I think um, to be honest, I think him getting one under his belt will probably be the best thing that happened. He'll be able to now see, okay, these are the things that cannot happen if I'm fighting in Houston. I'm churning off my phone. You're not calling me. You're not getting tickets. You're not getting this and that. He's gonna probably treat it like a like an away game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay.
0: By the way, crazy um, stat, fun matchup. Go ahead. Very fun. I mean, oh my god, what a fun matchup! I believe, and shout out to the guy on Twitter who tweeted this. I'm not stealing it, but I don't. It was just some random guy when this news was announced. I saw it. Derek Luce is something like 8-0 and or 9-0 and in the month of February. Did you know this? I didn't know that. No. Look, uh, last February, Curtis Blades yep. won. What a knockout. Jeez. February 2020, Alir Latifi won that fight. And by the way, he's fought in Houston before that fight was in Houston. Um, just not for a belt, main event, yeah, all that pre- stuff. The, the
7: pressure was different.
0: Uh, February 2018, Marcin Tybura TKO victory. February 2017, Travis Brown, KO victory. Uh, February 2016, Damian Grabowski, TKO victory. February 2015, Ruan Potts, TKO victory. Um,
7: Way to go, Derek.
0: February 2011, outside of the UFC, uh, beat a guy named Taylor Herbert. And that's it. So, like, what is that? Like, eight or so? I mean, you could. Wh- I could see a nice little graphic being whipped up right now for a fighting with Derek Lewis's February record. What do you think? Maybe HT, the MMA hour. Not me. But- just the MMA hour.
7: Well, where'd you get the stat from?
0: I mean, some guy. Tweeted it, tweeted yeah, so
7: then maybe he gets the HT. Yeah, I would. L-
0: you know what? I need to find it. Maybe if you search for him in the record, you'll find the guy yeah. who wrote it. Um,
7: but great stat, and uh, bodes well for for the Black Beast. Yes. Um, but, you know, give us the, give us the,
0: the score yeah, yeah, next
7: time. Um, okay, two quick uh, MMA fighting shout-outs. Number one. Uh, this team here on the MMA Hour, the the air fryer gimmick, the oh sound God. effects. I mean, just Amazing. next level, Amazing. next level. Hel- Helwani being duped. Um, got gotta give a shout out. I was that. really and, duped. I must NGC say, and GC for for lugging the the air fryer Jeez, here and all this in the duffel bag.
0: Just that and is commitment. Elite, elite you never, level. You've never shown that kind of commitment to this No, program. I
7: mean, I've only been here 10 years, but, you know, other than that, um, no, no commitment
0: at all. I also love the fact that there's like four people doing the one job that you used to do back in the day.
7: <laughs> nah, you know.
0: Nah. It's impressive. I got nothing to say on that. Do we have um, any uh, chewing people. sounds, Frank? Anything uh, readily available or you need to go through the uh the archives for that? I I got rid of them, yeah. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> and then
7: uh Heartfelt, heartfelt, very, very sincere. Uh, shout out to Alexander Kaylee of MMA fighting. Oh, um, listen, I was—I don't know if you know this. I was the—I was the judge of the final round on, on between the links, um, Jed Michu and Alexander Kaylee. Uh, you were the you surprise it, judge. Go, go on YouTube. I was the surprise judge. Wow. And unfortunately, you know, look, there was an argument made, and and it, it was a spirited debate, but the the ruling had to go in favor of Jed. Um, I feel like I've done irreparable damage to my relationship with Alexander Kaylee, who I wow. love dearly. Oh, okay. I see what this um, is.
0: Okay. This is a bit of an olive branch. I'm
7: offering an olive branch. I, I feel terrible about it, but congratulations to Jed uh, getting over the hump, getting his, his championship this year. Uh, Alex gave, gave a tremendous effort, but, uh, I, I don't know if he'll ever talk to me again. Wow. And I apologize. Um, but shout out to
0: Alex Kaylee. Well, I think that's A.K. Lee's music right now. Wah, <laughs> he walks through the door. Um, no, he doesn't seem like that guy. He's Canadian. Yes, but
7: he doesn't listen, know how to he hurt. He was hurt
0: by me, and I get was it. Was he hurt? He feels betrayed? Um, yes. But A- A.K. Lee, one of the all-time great Twitter followers. I mean, sometimes I have like, I have, uh, like, uh, I have at an at MMA list. No, no,
7: no, no. See, you got the wrong thing here. What? Instagram follows. Oh, you get that music. Right. Oh, my God. You get God. that singing out. What a voice. What a voice. That's that's the real follow right there.
0: He really does have a great voice. I had no idea. I only really recently discovered this. Um, was it? Did he do the Mariah Carey Christmas song? All I Want for Christmas is You? I think I th- he
7: did that as his last video, yeah.
0: Yeah, let me pull that up real quick here, Frank. No, I, th- I don't think we can play that, right? Where's my phone?
7: No, let's not do that.
0: No, we can't do it. Um... Yeah, I can't do it. In any event, he is a legend, fellow Canadian. I was going to say, great Twitter follow because sometimes I have my MMA list. Like I'll have an MMA list, a Bills list, whatever, all these things that I'm interested in. And then there's like a random retweet. or random, I'm like, oh, well, how did this get here? Oh, of course. It was AK Lee who retweeted it. I love it. Um, so that's very kind of you. It's nice of you to uh, – I feel bad,
7: uh, but not too bad. Look, I gave, I gave it to Jed, you know, uh, who I felt was the rightful winner. For so congratulations to him, but I'm sorry. Please find it in your heart, Alex. Uh, you know, let's let's go back to to being bros.
0: Well, go check out what he's talking about. Um, you could check it out on the MMA Fighting YouTube right. channel. We got Invicta this Wednesday, by the way. Big, big, big. huge. Adam Wait title, right? Um, yes, it's a rematch. A Wednesday card, which starts at eight. There's only one, two, three, four, five, six. I'd like to see. You know, one of my uh, big things for the. I, I want to see Invicta get rolling again. I feel like. You know, they had the the ownership change. Uh, their talent was sort of raided, and, and and you know, they, they were promised some big things and given big contracts, and other organizations were developing women's MMA. But Invicta has stood the test of time. I have to be honest, a lot of the names here aren't, you know, very well-known. It's a lot of 1-0s and 2-0s. And and um, so, I, what, you know, I, I just want to see them get on a roll.
7: I'm with you, but what I'll say about that was they, when they were in Invicta – they were not the big names, and then they became the big names as Invicta built them up. And then they sure, sure, went sure. to the USU. This is how it starts. You know, this is this is still where the the preeminent um, female, uh, all female fight organization. And um, yeah, let's let's see what these these fighters can uh, become in their careers. But uh, absolutely.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, thank you to Alex Weber, who's always on top of these things. It was Kevin Mulhausen who uh, tweeted this. Uh, I brought it up last year, but as a refresher, Derek Lewis, undefeated. 7 0 in February. How about that?
7: So what it's now though 9 0, right? I think. Was that mm. the stat? Or you said 7 0? I thought you said more. I Either might have way. said 8 0. Impressive. I mean it's impressive. impressive
0: nonetheless. Thank you to Alex. He's always on the ball when it comes to these things. <sighs> yeah, there's uh, some there's
7: some of these fans that just that just have it locked in. They're the
0: best. EK, Alex, all those guys. Um UFC back. Obviously, we got the big main event. My good friend Giga against Calvin Cater. 14 and 2 against 22 and 5. No, you know, I said it. I don't believe Giga was tweeting that stuff yeah, about me. His
7: tweet seemed a little out of character.
0: Yeah, nonsense. He seems like a great guy. His name is Knockout Cancer on Instagram. Why is that? Uh, mother,
7: I believe. Um, battle cancer, and he's very passionate about that. I know Giga a little bit, um, because we crossed paths uh in glory. Um right. again. Like super sweet,
0: nice uh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. The tweets didn't kind of jibe with um actually the, the I, think person uh, that I, know. I think i've i think i've featured him a couple times when i was doing the honorable mention stuff yeah he's he's a
7: he's a legit nice guy in the sport um who's on the rise and absolutely crushing in the ufc um but yes uh can, uh can, um cancer organizations and things like that are very close to him i believe he's involved with one um and uh yeah knockout cancer try you know fighting the good battle against cancer so um shout out to shout out to giga
0: in, in shout that out to giga. for sure uh, how do you feel about the uh, the zombie choice? There was a lot of talk about this over the yeah the weekend. Who should I get don't it? love it? Why don't you love it?
7: I'd rather just wait for Max. If I'm being completely honest,
0: but that's not fair to Alex. What if Max is out for six to eight months? It, my personal
7: opinion: not intrigued by that fight. Like, wow! Just don't I'm surprised. Think, don't look. I'm a big Korean zombie fan. When he was unranked, like what was it, two or three fights ago? I thought that was insane and mm-hmm. a travesty. Um. This just this fight just doesn't do it for me. It feels like it feels like a consolation. Being completely honest, it do you just think does they should have feel... waited for Giga? If Giga like wins, s- I think Giga deserves it a, a heck of a lot more. You know, heck, because especially Iir, now that they're doing. I'd rather doing see it... Yair. If I'm being completely honest, I'd Got rather beat up see Yair. Bad. I get it, and you know why he was beat up pretty bad because he fought Max Holloway. Yeah. Um. I i i don't love this fight. Um. I think Korean Zombie's a game opponent. I think it, I think he will give a, a decent fight to Alex uh, Volkanovsky. I think he'll give a, a good account of himself. I think this fight doesn't happen if Alex isn't the one pushing for it. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. I don't think this fight m- makes a lot of sense if Alex didn't want it.
0: Are you surprised they're not going after Henry?
7: I, I, I'll i tell you, a fight I would like to see a lot more is Henry Cejudo versus Alex Volkanovsky. This is actually the perfect time to this make it. This is the time. That, but... At the same time, if you're Henry Cejudo and your number hasn't changed, and the UFC hasn't been willing to play ball with you, what you know? I
0: don't, I don't even know if, if that... they're like sniffing in his direction. Meaning, I don't even know what his number is. Yeah. Obviously, there's probably talk. I mean, you know, Ali is probably doing you know the negotiation. Yeah, try, whatever. try to get it done. I, I would love to see that fight. It feels I think like that they fight. don't even consider him. Like if there was ever a chance, no one has ever tried to do something like this. There's well, an opportunity to if... sell history. And yeah,
7: but if you're the UFC, do you want to get into the George St. Pierre position again? Because you don't know yeah. where Henry Cejudo's at after this fight. You just don't know. Is he here? Is he here to be a champion? Is he here to defend? Or is he here to collect a belt? You know, I, I get and just that. just make history, yeah. Just to make history. And I, th- and I think for all intents and purposes, if I recall, you know, the, the recent conversations with Henry, he's talked about, you know, if I come back, I'm coming back. But and it's more money it's the same kind of conversations it doesn't it doesn't feel that fight makes a lot of sense as a one off i don't know if henry is here to fight long term and be that champion um so i get the trepidation but god that fight would be tremendous
0: it's an interesting spot because there's several options but there's no obvious option and, and thus, so that's why like, the zombie one the doesn't zombie is, but is, you know <laughs> come saturday night let's say giga annihilates Kato. you have to Let's give say him he the knocks fight. him out in a in a in a minute in a round in two rounds i mean he's finished his last three opponents uh the last two eto barbosa and cup swanson you know legends it, it would be a it shame would be if, if there wasn't giga well yeah it would be weird because now the fight's in april so now we're yeah. talking 3 months from now it, and
7: look the fight's not done right the fight's not done the fight's not announced well, it's, it's still close
0: it's pretty yeah, damn close it's close but look if if giga puts on that... You know, ah, I mean, I think by Saturday, you think it'll be yeah. done before then. All right, I, well. I mean, at least last I heard, I mean, I haven't checked my phone and stuff like that. I'll also say that it has been disrespectful to Calvin Cater. Like people are just talking like this fight isn't even happening. Well, uh, fair, fair for sure. But I, I think I from saw, the perspective that saw so that- many, what about Gigas? I'm like, you do know he's fighting someone. Like you could say, why not wait for Giga? Yeah. But I, I, I've heard people just say like, what about Giga? like, yo, he, he's fighting Calvin he's fighting Cater. He's fighting Calvin Cater. I think it comes
7: from the perspective though of if you're looking at that matchup specifically. With a win, Cater's not getting that shot no matter what, right? That is that is not going to be enough to get him that shot. So I think they're looking at it as a – between the two of them that are fighting this weekend, Giga, with a win and especially an oppressive win, could easily be sold into that conversation and jump into it where Cater could not. I don't think it's necessarily like Cater has no shot in that fight. Mm. But if Giga is able to get it done, he's a clear-cut um, answer for that fight in my opinion. I, I just don't think there's a resume out there that's, that's as strong as his. Um outside you know you're talking max holloway and that and that's it it's max holloway and and giga right there for me do you like hamzat gilbert love it that is pretty damn great (sighs) that's the fight man Man. If if you want to know if hamzat shemaev is the real deal and i think the jury's out on that but that's an you know there's probably some that that still want to know you don't get better than gilbert burns to find that out you really do not and if you want to know if gilbert burns is ready for another title shot again Hamzad Samayev is a, a perfect test for that. I don't think there's a better fight to. Uh, that is one of the fights, if that gets made, that I would be most excited about this year.
0: Can I also say that, you know, Gilbert and I haven't seen eye to eye, but yeah. tremendous respect for him, A, and B, it's actually a brilliant choice on his part because as good at, as, as Hamzad is, he hasn't truly been tested, right? He hasn't. Well, this is what I was saying.
7: There's some people who say, like, the jury's out. Let's see, yeah. you know?
0: Well, it's sort of like Floyd fighting Canelo. I know it's a crazy yeah. example, but it's like sometimes you no, catch a guy it. young, you knock him off, you take that feather, you put in your cap, and you can ride that to another and title shot. It's as good as getting a top ranked
7: f- fight. You know, you beat Hamzat, and that means it, the significance of that is as much as beating
0: the top five. Guys. You know what I mean? Oh like my God. Yeah. It's it, crazy. No, it, it, I mean, there haven't been too many times in the history of the sport where beating a guy who I don't have the rankings up in front of me, but I, I don't he's think in he's the in top. 10, right? Is he or? top if if that, right? He's not top five, but is like from a clout standpoint and a it's, buzz standpoint is equal to beating like the number two guy.
7: You you mentioned, you know, Canelo and Mayweather. I'm gonna mention another, you know, uh, lauded name like Connor McGregor. It's when Connor McGregor was on yeah. the way up, people were clamoring for that opportunity. If you beat that guy, it means something. Right. You know, it, it means more, it means more than than the ranking. Um and so I, I'm, you know, I'm surprised – the narrative of nobody wants to fight this guy I think is obviously a little bit faulty. I'm sure there's some people that don't want to fight him on certain terms. But obviously we had guys like Neil Magny and even Gilbert Burns saying that they're, they're willing to do it. I'm surprised there's not more people lining up to do it. I don't, again, I don't believe that nobody wants to fight him. But like if I was, if I was Gilbert Burns or, or one of those guys the same way you're talking about, I would be clamoring for that opportunity now. Because you mean
0: like Neil Magny?
7: Like Neil Magny. <laughs> right. if, if you want to fight that guy – That means something, Um, and you can get him, and you can get him before he becomes what he's his his final form to steal a Dragon Ball Z um, term. That that's an interesting thing. And if you're Hamzat, like look, he's welcoming all comers. Like let's do it. So, Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Shamaev. I absolutely love that fight. I that's one of the fights I would look forward to most this year if that gets made.
0: Neil Magny, by the way, he was on that Fury grappling card. Yeah, and I actually think his performance on that may have hurt his cause. He got submitted in like two minutes. Uh, I don't know how many Tough. people were
7: really like looking at that as like, oh, is he ready for Hamza? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe
0: UFC was looking at it.
7: Hum- yeah. You, okay. That's that's actually a fair point. Touche. Right? Um, but I think, look, Hamza was always going to be the, the one that was supposed to be the aggressor and the A side of that conversation. So, you know. I don't know how much that, that'll impact, but you're right. Maybe maybe they were looking at it as a, as a litmus test. So where's his grappling at? Can we legitimately sell this? Let's just get Hams out of fight. How about that?
0: Yeah, I know. Let's his just get hams out of damn fight. Didn't get roughed up at all. From
7: He went from the guy who was, yeah. you know, fighting every weekend, the most active. And now it's the point where, you know, obviously, look, we're not going to pretend um, COVID is something you bounce back from quickly. And he had a very tough bout with it. Um, but now he's been healthy. And now he can't even get a fight. The guy who was the, the most active. Um, I just want to see Hamzat fight.
0: Well, I gotta start it. And you know what? Leon and Hamzat is still a fight I want to see too. Yeah, but come on, it's got to be Leon Usman. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It probably isn't. Ha- you know, it's interesting because we've got this pay per view coming up January twenty second. Then we've got the February twelfth pay per view Izzy Whitaker. Yeah, that's going to happen. And then uh, March fifth. Get back to that in a second. April 9th, these two title fights moving there. There's been rumblings of Oliveira fighting in May, right? Um, Potentially, hopefully, world goes back to normal somewhat Brazil. Now we're talking June, July. I mean, that's a year now that Leon Edwards will be out because of the timing not working out. And so I hope that, I mean, at that point, you would think even if Hamzad fights on April 9th, that fight will already be booked and he doesn't have to worry about someone skipping the queue. But I mean, hey, crazy good. things happen in this Crazier game. Crazier
7: things have happened.
0: Honestly, if I'm Usman, I would take out Edwards now, get that win again. And then you know, if Hamza steamrolls through Burns, I don't know if you want to jump on that right away. But I don't know. But it's a good stretch coming up. You got this card on uh, on Saturday. Now the undercard is a little thin, if we're being honest, right out sure. the gate. The main event is a solid one. The 22nd card is great. There's a break on the 29th. Um February fifth is Hermanson Strickland, which I think is really interesting at one eighty five. I yeah, love that fight. Then Adesanya Whitaker, and we just got Bam Bam and Derek Lewis added to that. Dosanjos Faziev at one fifty five on February nineteenth. Darius Machachev on February twenty sixth, which is Ooh. tremendous. Um and then things get interesting. Is that Santos Ankalaya fight? Run. Is that a main event? I don't know mm. if it's the main event. I don't recall. On March 12th. I don't think it's the main event. And then you got the March 19th card, which we presume is on, um, is going to be in, in the UK. But no real main event has emerged. And I don't know if Darren Till is going to be that guy. And mm. I actually would advise him not to be that guy, if only because it feels like it's a little too soon for him. After getting, you know, that knee injury and, and the loss to Derek Brunson. So do you put, like, a patty in that spot, main event off the bat? Um, he could probably I mean, sell he's it got out. he the juice, if, if, you know. It's probably going to sell out against Jared Gordon.
7: Is it? That well, that's he wants Jared Gordon, right. and Jared Gordon uh, wants him.
0: It's interesting, interesting times. And then the March fifth, what happens there now? Yeah, look, three. I mean, do you five three? 05.
7: 05. <laughs> yes. If you want to expand, if you no, no, talking. I just,
0: I was just. That's March fifth. It's 3 yeah. the 305, month 3 yeah. 05.
7: Some something to that. There's something no, in the numerology. I'm just, there. Listen,
0: I'm just saying. I'm trying to. Remember that it's I get 305. It.
7: Yeah, it's 305. Promises um, kept,
0: promises made, promises made, promises kept, <laughs> promises <laughs> made, promises delivered. What is it? What is the line? Promises uh, kept, promises made. No, no, pro-
7: promises made, promises kept, yeah, or promises that's right. made, promises delivered. Something like um, that. Yes, listen. what do you want to say? Sorry.
0: If you know something, I don't know. No, I don't know anything.
7: Um, I was just saying, uh, yeah, I think, look, I think Patty Pimble could head- headline a card right now, right now. Like, yeah, he could headline a fight night. I think that's the tickets are gonna sell and the the event's gonna stream. You're you're good. Don't get me wrong. It would be great to have Darren Till there. And I and I think he should be the have the fight of right of first refusal um if he wants to fight on that card, but he should be healthy and not go into a, a fight compromised and be ready to go. I don't think there's any uh uh drop off from having um Patty Pimblett headline a card. I think he's he's proven that he's got that. Uh, magnetism to him.
0: And what about this nugget unearthed by our good friend Jedi Goodman last year, February twenty first, twenty twenty one? I tweeted, and okay. I quote: "Hit me. Derek Lewis was born in February and is now seven and zero as a pro fighter. Oh, uh, in at February, you stole it. Hat hat tip Kevin Mahone. I, I oh, Okay, but isn't that crazy? I no wonder tweeted. you love it so much. You already you already covered it. Covered <laughs> it. And I credited the guy. And
7: he remembered. Well, I, good yeah. social etiquette on your part. I, yeah. I appreciate best. that and I'm sure no Kevin one has better social etiquette well.
0: than me. I I don't, I don't steal anything. I don't have ghostwriters by the way who write my material. It's all from this noggin you, right what, over what here. What do you
7: mean by that? Are you are you referring to something? Here?
0: Yeah, I am referring to something. What do we got? Let me tell you something. Anyone who asks for a ghostwriter for tweets, I feel a certain way about you. And if you're the fair. person writing the ghostwriting, you're a loser, A and B. <laughs> I feel a certain. I'm not going to say you know. I don't want to, but like if do you're we asking names, someone, what do we if got? we're asking someone to help out, like, hey, can you help me out with some material? Like, come on, you better reevaluate you,
7: things. Here's the thing with that. I, I'll, I'll say this: I don't think the act itself is, oh, is damning, but it's very clear. Like you have to, you have to that, well, that's mask thing. it a little better. Yeah. You have to make it less transparent when when it is clearly not. Well, that is you. rule number That's one. the problem. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. more so than the act of asking in my opinion is you, you gotta you gotta zhuzh it up and make sure it feels
0: authentic right. don't you know? make it insipid
7: <laughs> yes don't make it
0: insipid <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I, I feel like we're good here. <laughs>
5: <laughs> thank you very much, New York Rick. A pleasure as always. And thank you very Likewise. much to
0: uh, Virna Janjiroba for this great hat here that she gifted me, both her and her manager, Tiago Akamura. It's been another great day on the program. And the best news is, my friends, we're back on Wednesday. And we got a fun one lined up for Wednesday. And guess what? I'm not going to tell you who's on just yet. I don't know why I don't say who's on. I just, you know, I don't want to have that burden on my shoulders. I'm always afraid that someone's going to bail. This is my life. You should know that the day before every show, undoubtedly, I will wake up at 3, 3.30 in the morning. I will check my phone with one eye open, hoping that no one cancels. We almost had a cancellation yesterday. And so it's just like this, this thing that I deal with. It's, it's, it's the jail that is my soul. And so I don't want to drink it, okay? That's just the way I am. Alright, we've said too much. Frank, you can hit my music. What a fun day. It's so comfortable here. That's the thing. It's like, nowhere else do I feel this comfortable. Like, if they would bring me a pina colada right now, you know, some slippers, uh, uh, what is it, Uh, a happy nappy, a happer-napper. I got it for my daughter recently. A happer-napper, is it called? It's basically like this, this fleece blanket that's also sort of a sleeping bag and you have a, a pillow. It's one of the most comfortable things that you've ever experienced in your Thailand. I would just sleep here and just wait till Wednesday. You know, we'll watch the college football national championship game. We'll root on the Bulldogs or whatever their names are. And then, uh, you know, we'll be ready to go for Wednesday. But alas, we're out of time. It's been a great day. I want to thank everyone who tuned in. Thank you very much to GC for tuning in uh, from Indianapolis. And I wish him and the entire school and their fans uh, all the best. Thank you very much to Mark Goddard. Goddard MMA is where you can get those classes. Uh, He's an insightful follow on social media as well. GoddardMMA.com. GoddardMMA.com. Oh, there it is. Great job. Uh, tucker goddard is where you can get those classes do check them out thank you very much to sorel Gunn. good luck to him on january 22nd he handles everything oh so very well thank you very much to michael chandler great year for him and of course thank you very much to uh, christina and mark hunt for joining us as well i wish them nothing but the best back on wednesday same time and place until then i say
2: peace